Oh, oh my god. Here comes the money. Oh, wait. Go back. Click it. Click it. Click it. Okay. No, 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 no. Click pause it. Pause it. I gotta restart it. I was talking in the middle of it. He was. Why are you doing that? Because I didn't pause realize it. that it was. Now we gotta stop the audio, Anthony. Alright, and welcome to the first ballot podcast. My name is Vinny. I'm Anthony. And we have a very special guest here today. Longtime Knicks fan, MMA junkie, and overall a funny kid. Oh, thank you. Chris Jones. Hi. Pleasures. Oh, that's that's me. Uh, I don't really know what to say here. Um, like Nick Vin said, lifelong Knicks fan. And uh, this past month has been absolutely brutal. Just a real kick in the crotch, if you will. Has not been good. Yeah. Alrighty. So with that, uh, we may as well uh, jump into some basketball since we're already talking Knicks. So uh, since we left off um, on Thursday, a couple of series had finished up. A couple of game sixes, a game seven, all that fun stuff. So we'll start with the series of Denver and Portland. Would anybody like to say a few words for our fallen brother, Damian Lillard, or what? Please come to New York. I'm begging you to come to New York, Dame. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he tried to get Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd wants no part of that organization. <laughs> nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. I think Jason Kidd is just, like, happy where he is. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a, he doesn't have to take a ton of heat. And if he's something in, happens to Vogel, he's just going to take the reins for LeBron. Oh, yeah, he's in prime position to take over that job once Frank Vogel's getting kicked, kicked out eventually. Exactly. So, I mean, he just has a perfect situation. I mean, I think Dame should really consider it. I mean, I don't think Portland is really the place for him. I really don't. I think I, I don't like Dallas because they, they both have two ball handlers. You can't do that. Uh, I think the Knicks might be the perfect spot. We got the cap space for him. I mean, we are in a rebuild process. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, there are a couple markets he could go to. There was, yeah, there was another team that I was thinking of. I can't think of it. What do you think? Maybe I'll think of it. When I'm I think he should stay in Portland, truthfully. I, I think they definitely need a better coach. Terry Stotts was good for what he was, but it felt like every time they got to the playoffs, minus 2019, they underperformed every single time. This team they had this year was had so much potential, so much talent, and then watching them against the Nuggets, especially in the last couple of games, absolutely nobody showed up. Unless your name was Damian Lillard, nobody showed up for, for Portland. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, that's the, been the case with them, like, all year. I mean, that's really what they've been for the past few years, too. It's it's Dame time. There's no... I mean, and, I, and I get that, but they have talent on the team, so I feel like they need a coach to bring out that talent. Like, get yeah. C.J. McCollum to be at least more consistent. Nurkic could be more consistent. They had Gary Trent Jr., and look what he was doing once he got traded to uh Yeah, but even Nor- Norman Powell isn't bad. He, he's not great, but he's not bad. He's okay for them. He's okay for what they need. Again, he's just not consistent. He wasn't there for the playoffs. None of these guys really were. So Yeah, even McCollum. They really need a coach who's going to bring out these players, especially in playoff time. He's going to bring out the best of these players. I like... I think that McCollum at this point is a, just a glorified six-man. I mean, I think if he transitioned to a six-man, he'd be a lot more useful because this is kind of what Lou Williams did with his career. He was good for a little bit, not as good as not as good as McCollum, yeah. but he became a six-man and he played a lot better. This is what Jordan Clarkson was too. He was really good for a while, mm-hmm. and then he became a six-man and he played even better and he helped the team better. I I don't know. I think that the best place for him would be San Antonio. I think if they had him, 
That would be a really good one. Pop. They would have. They would build some key pieces around, and he's just a better Demar Derozan. But is Derozan going to stay? Because if Derozan leaves, who's there to help Dame? I mean, you got Dejounte Murray, sure, but like. Well, that's kind of the worst thing. Dejounte Murray is not going to put kick to the shooting guard. They have, they have a bunch shoot. of they have a bunch of young guys. It almost feels like it would be kind of a rebuild with Dejounte Murray, Yaka Pertle. Derek White, guys you, like that. You could bring him a column to. Or are you talking about a column or Lillard to go over there? No, I think he's talking about Lillard. 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 Oh, Lillard. He could be a good veteran presence on that team, but does Dame want to be on a rebuild team? I don't think he does. The only other team I can really see is like Denver and maybe just get rid of Jamal Murray. I think he's just a better Jamal Murray. And yeah. he's going to work well with Jokic. But he's got. They're, they they're going to have to pay, try to pay to keep Aaron Gordon. They're going to have to pay Michael Porter Jr. soon. they got to pay Jokic. I mean, there's too many mouths to feed over there. I don't think they can uh, afford to take him on that contract because he wants to get paid. Yeah, I know. I know he already he is. He already signed a Supermax. He's not going to go lower, though. That's a, well, he's going to go lower, obviously. Can't he already, he already signed the Supermax. You can't take that away from him. The only other place I can see him going other than, other than staying is we're going to a rebuild. I mean, that's really where he's going to go. I mean, you can't go to Miami. He doesn't fit what they want to do. And they're going to give Jimmy Butler a Supermax. Either that or they'll go hard for Kawhi. Maybe. They definitely will. I don't think they'll get Kawhi. He'll probably stay uh, yeah. in LA. But now, no, that he, now that he has a chance of winning it, mm-hmm. I think he's going to stay. If he had been bouncing the first round, it would have been different, but yeah. Yeah. I oh, just, yeah. I just think that Damian Lillard's best spot is Portland. You just need a place. You just need a coat. I think you just I need think, a better coach. I think you're, you might be right. I really think it depends on who this coaching hire is if yeah. it's if it's not a good fit i think he demands a trade and he wants and he goes out of there but i mean maybe if they hire someone like chauncey billups or i saw i think it was on uh, first take they were talking about sam cassell i think either of those sam could, cassell be a really good coach i think both of them so a couple of chance. so while we're talking about blazers uh, mm-hmm. head coaching possibilities i have a list here of guys that portland was looking at right uh, obviously their main candidates were chauncey billups like you had said mm-hmm and uh, Jason Kidd before he ultimately said he did not want to he do said, it. Fuck you, I don't want to be said he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, after Damian Lillard <laughs> said I wanted him, team. he then said no. Uh, but a couple other guys they're looking at is uh, Jeff Van Gundy, mm. uh, Mike D'Antoni, and Jawan Howard from Jeff, Michigan. I'm sure you don't want to see uh, wait, D'Antoni go there. Wait, Jeff Van Gundy is the chubby, the chubby small chubby guy? Or he was, tall? no, he, he was. Professor Beaker or the other one? No, Van Gundy is Professor Ego, the one who does uh, commentary for the NBA now. He was the Knicks head coach back in the... Uh, Who's the one that's the head coach for... Uh, the Pelicans is yeah. Stan Van Gundy. That's brother. his brother. Okay, then no. Okay, then I right. would say Jeff Van Gundy could be good, but Jeff Van Gundy, I don't know if he... He's been... He hasn't coached in so long that I don't know if he would be able to really be the head coach in today's day and age. Well, Steve Kerr was like that, too. And Steve Kerr fit fine. But Steve Kerr had also a bunch of superstars. Not well, he, no, he, just, he joined the 2015 team that already had Curry. But they Thompson, were good. They just needed to be Draymond. brought out. Yeah. yeah, and he was one of the best shooters of all time. So I mean, that helped them along too. He, he you know, he was an offensive-minded coach. Van Gundy is a pretty defensive-minded coach. I mean, he dragged the Knicks uh, from the eight seed to the finals back in '99, and that was a defensive-oriented team. He would have to do like a 180, especially with that Portland roster. Yeah, they just don't have their their their. They don't have no defenders. They, so, they were on track so to be the worst defense ever. Out of especially out of this uh, group of candidates, mm-hmm. I would hate to see Mike D'Antoni leave. But he's the best. He would be so good in oh, yeah. Portland. 
Mike D'Antoni. So right now, let me read you. The, the Blazers, the main guys on Blazers roster, mm-hmm. right? You got Carmelo Anthony. Right. Zach Collins is always hurt, but a good player when he's in. Mm. Uh, Robert Covington. Um, Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor. Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum. Yusuf Nurkic. Norman Powell. Anthony Simons. That's a really good and deep team. And you know what team that on reminds offense. me of? On offense. But you know what it reminds team. me of? The 2017-2018 Houston Rockets team. Yeah, I can see that. The team with Trevor Ariza, uh, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, Gerald Green, James Harden, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Joe Johnson, uh, Maba Amute, I think I pronounced Mbaa that right, uh, PJ Tucker, those guys, like that to me feels like if they were to hire Mike D'Antoni mm-hmm. would be almost a repeat of what he did in Houston in that year. And if you remember, aside from two things, aside from Chris Paul's injury and aside mm-hmm. from the Warriors having KD and being a dynasty, they were going to win the finals that year. Problem, the only problem I see with that, though, is the fact that you're essentially giving him that like Houston 2017 light and with a much less consistent team. I don't know that they could get the same results out of that team just because I don't think McCollum's as you don't have as reliable. The superstars aren't there, but I think this Portland team is deeper than if they're if they're managed to keep all their guys in free agency. I think Portland's team this year is deeper than Houston's team was back in 2017, 2018. Maybe the superstars aren't aren't as good. Don't get me wrong. But the depth is absolutely better. There are also a couple free agents this season that could really help John Collins. John mm-hmm. Collins could really help that situation. If they get rid of uh, Zach Collins, because he's kind of a waste of a spot. That's true. But also, John Collins wants to get paid. That's why he's thinking about leaving the Hawks. Is he, he wants, wants to, to get a max? But yeah. he's not max worthy. No, no he's not. he hasn't even. I mean, he's been almost. He was almost. He's a the fourth factor. He's the, the fourth best guy on that team right now. It's, the best. I would say what Trey, it's Trey Bobby, Bobby, Clint, and then Herder. And, no, uh, no, then him. I, yeah, I was the Trey, Trey Doggy, and then uh, Clint. John Collins' best fit is Dallas, for sure. I could see that him yeah, and, uh, him and Luca would be a really nice combo. Yeah, yeah they yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's his best fit. If he leaves where he's at now, because he fits pretty nicely onto that Hawks team. But if it comes down yeah. to money, then... then if it comes down to money, then, yeah, I would say... And, get and Mike and Dallas. Dallas. Because they just signed Gallinari and Boggy to big deals in the offseason. And you know who else they can get that would be surprisingly underrated, even though he doesn't look like he performs well? Who's going to be a free agent this year? They should also get um, DeMar DeRozan. So they have Luka, DeRozan, John Collins, and you trade... Porzingis yeah, for some bench for some death, depth, that death for some death. Dep- yeah, Porzingis has death dep- on that team. Well, no, he is. <laughs> Yo, as a Knicks fan, oh my god, am I feeling good about that trade now? It was the Tim Hardaway trade. It wasn't Porzingis. You're right. Yeah. Now, now it was the Tim Hardaway trade. Well, Tim like, Hardaway played good for them now. He, he, he did played good now. He's, yeah. he's their uh, second option. That's the one piece of that trade that I'm like, you know what? That's a shame. Can you? But can you? everyone else, it's like good. You know what? I, I wish imagine. well on Trey Burke. <laughs> Get it. I'm, I'm happy to see Porzingis gone. Just, just speaking real quick, just imagine that, though. Luka, DeRozan, and John Collins. Is DeRozan I mean, just learn to play off ball a little yeah, better? It, yeah. He, he would need to learn to play off ball played, a little better. He played off ball in, in Toronto. He'd have to go back to his Toronto days, which he was a hell of a lot better. Yeah. As a player. No, yeah. That, that would definitely be a good one. Uh, that would be a good three. But let's 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 transfer now. So we talked a lot about the Blazers. So let's talk about the winner of that series, who will now be playing the Suns, the Denver Nuggets. 
You see oh, anything? Well, I just want. I think the best head coach for the uh, for the Blazers would be the assistant for the 76ers. I forgot his name, but he was in charge of the rookies. He was in charge of the young guys getting better, and they have they have um, a future. But Thibel yeah. has been insane. That's what I'm saying. Max, that guy, uh, was it Maxi? 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 Um, he's been really good Shake too. And Shake Milton was good for them. Mm-hmm. I think that they should hire someone from the Doc Rivers tree because, like you said, they need to bring out someone who can bring out the best yeah, they need guys. Yeah, 100%. That's, a, that's a guy. Go after 100%. him. 100%. That's yeah. a great pick. That would be a great pick from. That makes yeah. sense. I, I, I feel like uh, Michael, not Mike, Michael Malone is <laughs> not Post Malone. One of, one of those guys no, no, no. who uh, who brings out the best in his guys. That's kind of why the Nuggets are where they are now. Yeah, is because for sure. he gets the best out of his players. That's what Portland needs. But yeah, I mean, Jokic was unbelievable. Well, he's got that. Big Daddy Jokic. He is, you know, he brings out the best in everyone too. Yeah, yeah. but he uh, yeah, what do they call it? The sure. shot, the something shuffle. What's that move that he does? His little two-step that he does. It's like the shot weird the shuffle. It's the town where he's from. Something like that. Uh, yeah, no it's idea. like the weird, le- worst version of the dream shuffle, but th- he makes it work. It's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. It's he's so like an weird. awkward giraffe. He's almost. It's. A, he reminds me. I don't know why of like a penguin almost. He does. Well, he's, he's just kind of like waddling around. <laughs> he's just kind of like. Uh, just it's not graceful, but he gets it done. Exactly. Even his shot is so unconventional. What he just it puts it up over his head and just kind of like flicks his wrist. And it'll go in from what the arc on that shot is ridiculous. Oh, because it goes up to fucking heaven and shoots back down. Yeah, like Lucifer on the Judgment Day. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe it hasn't hit like one of the ceilings yet or anything like that. But uh, yeah, he was phenomenal in that series. Um, towards towards the end, yeah, towards the end of the series, Michael Porter stepped up. Mm-hmm. Monte Moore stepped up as a sixth man. The yeah. Spanish guy that they Aaron, got his name. He's Campazzo. Good. He's been Campazzo has been. He's got. He's been hit or miss for a bit of the season, but for being an undrafted guy that should have never even started, he's been a he's been a lot better. Yeah, right. but I mean, also he has some of the remote for one year. He has a ridiculous highlight reel of well, don't, passes. Yeah, don't forget, I mean, he played overseas. He's, well, he's, yeah, he's another guy. All these guys who played overseas feels like they're coming to the NBA and they're doing well. Guys mm-hmm. like Luca played overseas. I think Lamelo Ball played overseas. Yeah, he played in Australia. Yeah, so, weird, all, but... so all these guys are playing overseas. They're coming over to the NBA and they're doing very well for themselves. So. That's the move. Don't go to college. Go overseas. Yeah. That's the move. You're Lamello playing with men. It, man. You are Lamello playing with grown men. Yeah. Lamelo proved That's it, true. but then Lamelo also took it a step further. He was like, "Okay, I'm going to play overseas." Now I'm going to buy the team and be your boss, and I'm also going to be your teammate. And then he was like, now I'm leaving. Is that stupid or a smart investment? I mean, it, who knows? We'll see, I, how I know. that, we'll see how the Australian Basketball League does in a few years and whether that <laughs> the Australian Rugby League. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I, where I feel on the Nuggets. Um, so now they, they get to play the Suns, who... The Nuggets are so deep. It's disgusting how fucking deep they are. Yeah. Those, those uh, now also the trade back. deadline really, really helped them, too, with uh, Gordon and... Well, that's uh, what good organizations do. They think ahead. Yeah. That's and what good organizations do. Like Anthony said, though, that also falls back on the coaching. I mean, he's, he's gotten everything yeah, out of that team. He's such a good coach. But that's what I mean by organizational. They have a good owner, they have a good GM, and they have a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't call him Mike Malone or he'll whip you into shape. <laughs> like he did that reporter. Mike Malone. Oh, my God. <laughs> you remember that? No. <laughs> oh, you don't? No. Oh, the, the one girl was like, uh, I'm here with Mike Malone. He's like, it's Michael. It's Michael. <laughs> and she... <laughs> 
Michael Malone? Yeah, do yeah, do not call him Mike. For it some is, reason, he gets it, very upset. It is him Mike. Michael. Yeah, it is Michael. It's like the it, it's like the uh, it is ma'am. Yeah, yeah. it is Michael. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So then the next the next game that that they had uh, was the Suns eliminating the the, the Lakers. Lakers. That's an historic one. It is that historic. Is now the. LeBron uh, never got eliminated in the first round. The conversation is—it's <laughs> it's technically over at this point. Yeah, it is over. You, you can't hold that over Jordan anymore. LeBron was eliminated in the first round. I mean, both guys had circumstances around why they were eliminated. Circumstances are circumstances. But people forget LeBron won, Jordan three. So yeah. LeBron won, Jordan three. Circumstances were a lot less for Jordan. Look, you can't—you can't compare the two. They're not the same player. They're not. Also, this is not a conversation about those two, and I feel like we could definitely, oh, definitely wait. That would be a whole episode, so we which should, we'll have in the future. Keep stay tuned. <laughs> we'll steer away from that right now and refocus on what happened in that series. So, so what do we think now that we've seen the Suns? We've seen them get past the first round. What do we think about Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton? Devin Booker is phenomenal. He's that, good. That that dude. I don't know about his whole game. But if you need a guy to go out there and score when it matters, oh my God, Devin Booker. There's not many people in the league above Devin Booker. No, he's good. He's really good. They were just missing that guy who can facilitate the ball. Yeah. And they got it in Chris Paul, and they took a huge step. Because you saw that, too. when we uh, I watched the game here with Ant here, and um, when Chris Paul went out, and I think it was game two, he went out game one, game two, the end of game three. Like but he it was, was game out two, he games. was out for. It was a close game, game two, and he went out in the fourth. He didn't. I don't even think he played in the fourth. Quarter. He wasn't allowed to. No. And you could just see that offense grind to a halt. It was miserable. Devin Booker was just jacking up. Devin Booker got the ball at the top of the key. He was at the top of the key with the ball. And his teammates were all looking at him, and they were literally asking him, where do you want us? What do you want us to do? And Devin Booker, you could see on his face, he was kind of getting mad that they were asking. He's, like, pointing to random spots on the court. They would go to that spot, and then he'd just jack up a terrible shot anyway. Because it's a team where Chris Paul has that leadership and, like, that mental – he's been in the league so long now. He's like, okay, I know what I have to do. I know what you need to do. Do this. Go here. Devin Booker's still a pretty young guy, and he's never been asked to – Really, I mean, he has been asked to be that guy, but he's never really been a facilitator his entire no, career. Never. He's a scorer. He's, he's a shooting guard. Yeah. Was early in his career, and then to be thrown into a fourth quarter of a playoff series against LeBron and Anthony Davis, and have to facilitate a yeah. team of a bunch of young guys. Yeah, the Lakers were a top two. I'm pretty sure they the were top, top two one defense. defense. They were the top number one, one defense okay. by the end. Which, as a Knicks fan who loved the team's defense, believe yeah, me, yeah. I kept. Getting that fast. So, so let me ask you guys. Uh, speaking of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. I forget who said it on TNT. I, it was either Charles Barkley or Shaq or Kenny. One of those three guys Shock. that said it. Shock. Shock. He said, "Chris Paul is the number one leader in the NBA right now." Do you agree with that statement? Leader in what? Like leadership. Just, like oh, leadership. leadership. Man. Yeah. Um, I don't know because. You got to put him up there with LeBron, also. And yeah, LeBron is definitely up there. LeBron is a tough dude. Um, I put Chris Paul over LeBron for pure leadership. I put him over LeBron. Maybe, but I mean, you see what happens when LeBron's off the court. It's the same thing when Chris Paul's not there, man. Those yeah. teams like. Yeah, but when LeBron when LeBron's not on the court for 15 minutes, that team evaporates. When Chris Paul isn't on the team for a game, they get it back together. They're just slow at first. 
That's yeah, the difference. I, I think I would have to agree with that. That's the difference. For me, that's the difference, at least. When you look at LeBron, when AD's not on the court, and it's just he's off the court for literally 15 minutes, the whole team is done. They look like they don't know what's going on. Not like, always, only in the playoffs, but in the regular season, they look fine. They look like they... Well, well if we're talking just regular season, I would have said... You have to take everything. If you were talking I just regular season, I would have said, oh, Julius Randle. He's been a huge leader for that team. But when it comes to the playoffs, that you have to include everything. Regular season, well, postseason, just this year. Career. Absolutely oh, career. Oh, then, LeBron. Then, then LeBron. I'm going not LeBron. Even, not 100%. Even close. Not even close. 100% LeBron career. Totally. I mean, look what he dragged at when he was four years into the league out of that god-awful Cavaliers team. Yeah, no. It's LeBron. And then the second time this he went year, back to the Cavaliers. This year, maybe Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm I'd say I'd say out of the past couple of years, if we're going past couple of years, I'd still say Chris Paul. Uh, since LeBron's joined the Lakers, sure, I'll give you Chris Paul. Fine, yes, but Absolutely. going back to the Cavaliers, like willing career wise, well, yeah, LeBron James both both times on the Cavs had to drag a dead body to yeah. the finals, especially that last, <laughs> especially this at the, the end year. of the second stint, at the end of the second yeah, stint. Oh my god. Reed. Then I have Kyrie. I, I, I don't know how that team made it as far as it did. It was literally just LeBron. He dropped 50 in the first game of the finals, and they still lost. I mean, that, if that doesn't say that, that was the J.R. Smith one, man. That was J.R. Smith. That's Smith right there. Yeah, that was him not realizing. He said in a podcast, he's only had Hemi like three times. He's still Henny Smith. And he be, somehow became the Henny God, and he's only, he's barely ever I, mean, I would endorse that, dude. That's endorsement money from Henny. Hennessy is the official liquor of the NBA. It's really? It is. Oh my God, that is amazing, and it I love that. Is. Is. So the fact that he's the Henny Man should be a, should be a goal. Uh, not, not the Henny Man. The Henny God. The Henny God. For him. Henny yeah, God. that should be a goldmine. He should be calling Henny right now and say, look, what do we do to get me a big contract? But instead of showing up all, you know, off the Henny, he shows up high as shit to games. And, you know, well, maybe he just forgot to show up. What if Henny called him and he forgot to show up? Because that's also very Jared Smith-like. That would be because he would be so high. Yeah. And so this gone off track. And so it's all right. At least it's a good conversation. So, like, we're getting back on track a little bit here. So, we, so the Suns are going to play the Nuggets next round. But I really quickly, I do want to go over the Lakers. I mean, that last game, you're in a you're in a do or die spot, and they looked absolutely atrocious. Oh I understand God. AD was only able to play five minutes. He should have never been in that game either. No, no, he absolutely should not have. But as the Lakers, you should have been prepared. In case he wasn't on the like, he had to have been at least on a minutes restriction. Like you had to have prepared mm-hmm. for when he was not on the court. So why were you so unprepared? Why were you so coaching out well, there? No, of course, it, what, it has to be coaching. What, it has to go back to coaching. Yes, not fully, but it's got to be like I was a Tyron Lue thing. Well, I was like a Tyron Lue. No, because Frank Vogel, when LeBron and AD were both out, still managed to keep that team as a top three defense in the league. Offensively, they were still bleh. They were bad. But he managed to keep them as a top defense in the league the entire time LeBron and AD were out. Yeah, and I mean, their superstar was Dennis Schroeder, and they were still able and to keep a playoff And he was still not spot. playing that great. No, I mean, he's streaky. I mean, they were they were able to keep a playoff spot, but they were cold knock of dear life. Oh, they were. Oh, they absolutely were. Dear life. Yeah. Like, it was almost to the point where LeBron had to come back maybe a week early just to get them where they needed to be. Probably, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, not maybe not LeBron, but AD. I mean, they had to. They they just look horrible. They just look terrible. They just look like they are just. There's no depth. Well, that's Le, that's LeBron James. That's LeBron James' effect. Is he you? 
when LeBron James has joined, he did happen with the Cavaliers too. Oh, yeah. LeBron James joins his team. He gets the two or three superstars that he wants, but then you, him, and the other Stop superstars it. are taking everything. So you just grab what you can. Yeah. And but, but, but that's, that's the, thing. the thing. I think LeBron, in his mind, realizes. Okay, I'm I'm a good leader and I'm a good facilitator, right? Like he leads, he use he last year he led the NBA in assists. He's a facilitator, yeah. he's a leader. He is. I'll give him that. 100%. So so in his mind, he's maybe like, well, I can have this guy and this guy, right? Because if I have this guy, this guy, this guy, I've seen what I've done in my career. I can make them look like all stars because all I have to do is drive and kick it out to an open three point shooter. Maybe. And and that could be his mindset, but it doesn't work like that now. Not now. There's too many deep teams, like the Nuggets, like the Warriors. When eventually Clay comes back, yeah. Like there's too Although many Kelly, deep teams. Ke- uh, I just saw something. Hoops Central. Everybody's leaving. Ke- yeah, uh, Hoop Central just reported, and it. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I've had some time to think, but Kelly Oubre and the Knicks have shown mutual interest in each other. So. Now, I would, Kelly Oubre is a good. If he can be a better. Player. If he can be a better, more consistent shooter. Player. If yeah. he can be a, not even player, just a little bit more consistent of a shooter, he'd be good for you guys. Yeah, you don't have to overpay for him. That'd be mm-hmm. a good pickup. But uh, okay, one more thing before we move on from the Lakers and Suns, which we've barely talked about. But yes, continue. I just, I really want to point out the fact that. LeBron James's attitude in that game really upset me. He just didn't yeah. want. He, he stopped. He stopped playing in the game when it was still manageable. It was still winnable. He stopped playing. He stopped hustling back on defense. He stopped trying. And then when they subbed him out, there was still there was still a bunch of time left in the fourth quarter. He just left. He went right back. To the uh, that room. was that game. Okay. Come on, man. Yeah, you can't do that. So that's just not good sportsmanship. Just no. take your loss like an L. Look, I'll give Jordan this. Jordan took his L's, and he just he took his losses, and that was it. That's it, one of the. That was also one of the biggest criticisms of the bad boys. That was one of the biggest criticisms of those bad boy Pistons was the fact that when Jordan finally beat them, they no lost off without doing it, and people have. For decades, crucified that team for doing that, mm-hmm. and, and they should crucify LeBron for doing that. He shouldn't be no ex- no exception. And this is coming from a LeBron fan. He should be no exception. Yeah, you're a team player. At the end of the day, basketball is a team game. You yeah. need to play like a teammate. You need to show your teammates. You lose, you win, and you lose, and you if, move on. I'll give him this. If you if you lose the game and you don't want to shake the other team's hand, whatever. Poor sportsmanship, sure. What? What? I can. Fine. I can I'm but yeah, stay I can there for. The stay there for your team till the end of the game. Yeah, right. Stay for your guys. They especially might have let you down, but you went through the whole year together. Just stay for them. And especially, especially too, because a lot of them are going to be free agents this year. Like, why would you want to re-sign when your guy doesn't even believe in you? When the the head of the team, the superstar of the team, doesn't even believe in you enough to sit out there and watch you. Try. Well, not even believe in you. It's just that you know when things get down and dirty. Now you know that. He's just gonna walk off the court. It's like, yeah. why would you want to play with someone? Yeah, like, like they're losing. They're gonna lose Schroeder. They're gonna lose Drummond. They're um. Well, they, they was, Mont- was Montrezl Harrell on a, a one year deal? No, I don't think he was. Yeah, he, he was on a one year deal. So I think he coming. He might come. Gasol was on a one year deal. They're, they're, yeah. they're definitely gonna lose Drummond. Drummond was a pick that they got because they knew the Nets wanted him, and, there was and like, the nope. Clippers wanted him. Yeah, and really those were the two biggest challenges for them getting to the finals. So that was just a hate pick. Turns out it was actually the Suns that were the biggest problem for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it turns out it was the Suns, but... I'll say this in defense, LeBron. We don't... 
I mean, we're just fans. We don't know what he's like in that locker room. We don't know what he said after the game in that locker room to his guys. No, I mean, maybe don't. maybe they were okay with it. Maybe. But your actions speak loud in words. You can't yeah, walk off enough. the court like that. You have to yeah. stand Stay by your team for and them. That's it. If you don't want to shake their the other team's hands, fuck them. It's fine. I can understand that. I can I, get if over I was, that. If I was a Knicks fan, I would not have shook Trey Young's hand at the end of that series. But you know, whatever. But. Just stay for your guys. Like, at least yeah, do that. Yeah. Come on. Just real, one more thing, real quick. Can we, oh, just, no. can we just say no. that Can we just say that the Mavericks trade with the Hawks was, like, the most fair trade ever? They might have been. Young, young for, for Dodgers was probably the most fair trade. Before this playoffs, I would have a lot of people I would have leaned them. I would have leaned towards the Mavericks winning it. But dude, Trey Young, as much as I hate the way he plays basketball, that dude is killing it this well, playoff I mean, series. I mean, even Luca did. Even Luca played great, but I mean, Luca. Has far less help than Trey. So far less, so much less. That that you Hawks put Luka on that team, they're sweeping the Knicks. So oh, they're they are a hundred percent. They are. I understand. Like a hundred percent, they are. Trey Young is surrounded. He might be small, but he is surrounded by tall, athletic shooters. Everyone on that team is athletic and can shoot that ball mm-hmm. like no. I That's what the Hawks wanted. I don't That's know why they got Gallinari and Bogdanovich in mm-hmm. free agency. I, I don't know if there's another team in the league with that has as many shooters on the roster as them. And Except guess, maybe Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. That's fair. <laughs> and, yeah. and guess and guess what team was like that before Golden State, right? No, no. The Pacers when LeBron was on the Heat. The Pacers with Paul George. They just had a ton of shooters and Paul George. They and just let could never get over the hump right, because it was, a, it was a physical league at the time. Hold on. You are saying they had a whole bunch of shooters and that's why they caused problems for LeBron. That is false. The reason they caused problems for no, LeBron no, is Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson blowing in, my, in LeBron's face and ear. That was the sole reason. Well, that could also be, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they remind me of that Pacers team because they had a bunch of shooters and they had Trey Young who can do everything like Paul George and was able to kick out. With Selmer and that. they had a good rebounder in Miles Turner, and they had... No, they didn't have Miles Turner at the time. They had Roy Hibbert at the time. Roy Hibbert. Okay, Roy Hibbert, who was a great rebounder. Who did they have in Atlanta? For like two years for some reason. Capella was a great rebounder. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I mean. They just they remind me of that team. Similarity between those teams, they both eliminated the Knicks and broke my heart. So, fun. <laughs> they pretty much are. Trey Young, the lollipop who looks like he got stung under, stuck under the couch, has eliminated the Knicks. Move on. So, <laughs> okay. He's my so we'll get to we'll get to Trey and the Knicks later. But right now and we're the gonna Sixers stay. In the Sixers. We're gonna stay. No, no, we're, we're not with the Knicks. Oh, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna fuck. go with um, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks versus the Clippers. The whole Hold series. On, no, Luka Doncic versus the Clippers. Luka Doncic and Tim Hardaway. I'll throw Tim Hardaway in there. I'll give him. I'll give him his due. He, he was played. Their second he best played player. very well. He was their second he best player. They also, well had, they also had another guy who helped them. They just didn't play him until the second to last game. Okay, who was that? Mr. Boban Marjanovic. That's true. Boban. He gave he gave the Clippers a lot of issues. Mister Boban Marjanovic, yes, <laughs> the man who fought John Wick and well, no, he died. He but, died. but uh, he tried. He um, died. But he so yeah, that series there that series um, went to Game Seven. So up until Game Seven, every away team had won that series, had won that game, mm-hmm. um, and the Clippers. In the end, wound up wound up blowing out the Mavericks in Game Seven. I think it's starting to click for them now. The the Clippers. I think it's starting to click for them. The I think Clickers. That they, I think that they they got over the whole Tyron was a terrible coach. We got to take this into our own own hands kind of thing now. And I think they're yeah. gonna start clicking on all cylinders. I I we'll I'm not ready. I'm not ready to give them that that title yet because Kawhi Leonard was was obviously clicking on all cylinders. He carried that team. The depth of that team was so inconsistent. It really hurt them. 
the so the reason why yesterday's game turned into a blowout was because that was uh, Friday. Um, no, no, Sunday, no, no. game seven. Oh, yeah, okay. It was yesterday. Okay. I know what you're it was yesterday. Seven. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why the Clippers did so well was because um, Marcus Morris Sr. hit, I think, seven threes and yeah, tied, tied Steph Curry's for, record. And, for most in a game seven, yep. Yeah, so he, he was on. Reggie Jackson, I know, only had 15 points, but, man, he had some shots that helped that but team. They, but they needed Marcus Morris to lay up. That was the whole thing that we were need, talking they about. They their role players. But that was the whole thing we were talking about. Was was in the beginning of the series. This is why they were down so bad. Was because their role players weren't doing what they were supposed mm-hmm. to do. They were in the minus. Uh, they were in the minus in the turnover. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. turnover. And remember, we were saying Kawhi it's was... because this team with with Tyron Lue is not a buttoned up team. They're not getting their shit together. And up and at some point, they're going to have to get rid of just say, look, we're going to play our basketball game. We're going to play our game, and that's it. And that's what happened. And that's why they blew them out. I know. I'm just saying. I just don't know. From one game, I can't say that their that their depth is now going to be consistent enough to do anything because it was really only one game. Game six was Kawhi Leonard yeah. dragging that team. I mean, you you want to hope you hope if you're a Clippers fan, uh, hi Nathan, uh, you hope that in that situation, getting a win like that in game seven would really spark your team and like yeah. get you guys to really motivate and move forward, which I think will. You, you they have to to beat the Jazz, and the they, good news is they don't have they don't have the verse uh, Mike Connell, Connolly for half the series. So that helps a ton because he is the most underrated player on their team. He's gonna he's gonna get paid this offseason. Oh, he is by the Jazz. Yeah, it could be the Jazz. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm sure they can let him go after a year like this. It I would don't be either. tough to justify that. He almost beat Steph in the three point contest, and as we know. The three-point contest is the only and most important <laughs> decider in the three-point shooting. Forget the regular season. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I hope the Clippers don't come out against the Jazz the same way they did the Mavericks because the Jazz are a lot tougher of a team. They'll sweep them if that happens. That that two zero lead won't. They won't come they back. They won't squander that. They might give up one game. They're going into Utah, too, so if you can steal one from Utah in, in Utah, Utah that's huge. you're okay. That's but huge. Here, here's the thing. The Grizzlies played the Jazz. With a healthy Mike Conway, they played them really well. But but yeah. once once Donovan Mitchell came back, that series turned around. But completely. they still played them. I mean, yes, it did turn around to where they were they were close. Okay, the Jazz were closing games out, but they kept it too close for such a long time. Yeah. And if they do that with the Clippers, the Clippers also have two really good closers. No. Who Kawhi. Is? Kawhi can close. Kawhi can. Who's the other one? And Paul George, but now not, not really anymore. Not anymore. I just saw a statistic the other day that said, uh, I believe it was Kawhi and Paul George are a combined 14% in uh, game tying uh, and winning shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. That's why, I mean, watching the Clippers last year, a lot of those shots in the regular season, yes, they had Paul George take a a bunch of shots, but they also had Lou Williams taking a lot of those winning shots, and he he felt like he hit every single one. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Clippers were the worst clutch time team in in the league this year. I'll, Maybe. I don't know. I, I actually don't know after about that. that stat that you just said, I can definitely believe it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I can definitely I'm believe not, it. Yeah, I'm not sure where they stand on that. I, I like the Clippers, though. I like the Clippers going forward. I think that the Clippers can beat the Jazz. I don't know if I don't know if the Jazz I, again. I think Mike Conley is too big of a loss for them. I think if that if Kawhi Leonard can stick on Mitchell and Paul George and their role players can show up, I think that they can win. Whereas the the 
Jazz, they they Mike Connolly's just he's a really big hit. That's a lot of their threes coming from Mike Connolly. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of threes. So if you have to play the big man's game, I don't know. I think the Clippers take that one, even though they have Gobert. I still think they can take it. Yeah, they could for sure. I mean, Gobert, he does, he might not stuff the stat sheet, but he does a lot for that team. The Clippers kind of remind me a little bit of that Toronto team that won. They were slow in the beginning of the playoffs that year. They were slow. Yeah, it was Kawhi, and, and it that was, was it. Yeah, and then once they started to ignite a little bit, they started to catch fire, and they they blew past. I think that this Clippers team kind of reminds me of that with them. Yeah, I could see it. As long as they, as long as they, like you said, as long as they build off of the game seven, they have to keep out of the minus and the plus minus, and their role players have to be consistent. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be great. They just have. They to They just be need consistent. one or two of their role players to be on for that game, because you know Kawhi Leonard is going to be Kawhi Leonard, whether it's offense or defense. But this is or why they both. got Rondo for this reason was to be the guy that kind of helped yeah. them. It's true, but. I haven't really heard much much of Rondo since the playoffs started. I, I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers are gonna are gonna win that series against the Jazz. And I think I think I'm gonna say it bold. I want the Suns to win, but I think that I think I don't know. I think this is Jokic's year. I think the stars are gonna align for him. I think so too. Honestly, I, I think the stars are gonna align for them. Well, I would say I think you're saying they're gonna get to to the finals. I think that they'll get. I think that they'll get to the finals. All right, because I think. If they get to the finals and play anyone other than the Nets, they have a real chance of winning. But I think if they're playing oh, the yeah, Nets, no, the so Nets are blowing if, through. If Denver that. gets to the finals without Jamal Murray, what does that say? They'll, they'll get Jamal, get Jamal Murray. They, I don't know if they'll get rid of him, but I think it'll give them like a lot of confidence. They just signed him to a big deal, right? Like I don't remember if they did, but I think I that'll give them did. a lot of confidence in that team when he comes back. And I think they'll do everything in their power to keep that team together for him to come back to. Yes, or next season... They could trade him at the trade deadline. They could, and they'll know that for a fact they could get a lot. Well, it depends on how he comes back from this injury because this is a, that was a nasty injury he got, right? Torn ACL. Yeah, that's it's still nasty. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I he mean, got it at the kind of towards the end of the year too. Like it, there was like a month left of, of basketball. Maybe. Well, that then there's another big question: Is will he even be back before the trade deadline? So the trade deadline in the NBA is typically February. Is it? I think so. I think it was what right before the All Star. Right break? before, right, right after something. I think it's right, right before, before. right yeah, before the All Star break. Like that. So I remember that from Two K. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jamal Murray got hurt about maybe mid, maybe maybe early May or end of April, something like that. Yeah. Right. It was about two, two or three weeks probably before the playoffs. Maybe. Th- I mean, an ACL is about what ten to twelve months. Something like that. Yeah. It's it's a long. Actually, injury. no. I think I think nowadays it might be eight to ten. It's still long. Still yeah, very it's long. It's not great for a basketball player. It's really not because you need that that motion in your mm-hmm. leg. I mean, look what happened to Derrick Rose. He can't jump the same. Although he he's an extreme example of it because he happened to him like two three two times or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah. But I mean, it it it. it takes it takes a toll on your body especially. yeah he's definitely he's definitely uh, he could return right before the trade deadline but i don't think he should I no think he, should, he probably, should take his time yeah he should probably uh um, if, if they can get to the finals without him he should take his time if he, can, gonna make if he can afford to sit if out they won ground one of the i think he should take his time regardless if he can afford to sit out till the last month of the regular season he should do that because yeah, you can't have what happened to him you can't have what happened to clay thompson happen to him Remember, no. Clay tore his ACL and, um, and then was rehabbing, played a pickup game, a soft pickup game, and then tore his Achilles in the other leg because he yeah. was favoring 
the ACL leg so much. Same thing happened to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant brushed that. Um, what was it? The was the meniscus? No. No, no. He he tore the Achilles, and then that was it, yeah. um, he rushed he back. Ham, ham, was it hamstring injuries? I think he had. He had hamstring injuries in the finals, and then he got hurt and tore the Achilles in the finals. Yeah, yeah. and then this year had hamstring injuries again. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That might plague Kevin Durant for the rest of his career. Speaking of Kevin Durant and the, and the hamstring hardened nets, Oof. what happened to them? So what happened to them was 43 seconds into the Bucks nets game, James Harden left with the same hamstring injury that kept him out 21 games of the regular season. That is rough. So... I could have sworn. I could have sworn that the Bucks were going to come. Out. Even when James Harden was playing, I thought the Bucks were going to come out and punch the net, punch the Nets in the mouth. And I, to my surprise, when we lost James Harden, I really thought they were going to beat us in Brooklyn that game one. Not only did the Nets win, but they they put up a lot of points. And towards the end of that game, uh, kind of they were kind of blowing them out towards the end of the game. What was the final score of that one? Uh, I wound up being 115 to 107. The score made it look a lot better than it should have been. Same thing happened in a a couple of series. Yeah, exactly. But um, Bucks all minus in the the plus minus, and the Nets all plus in the plus minus. The Bucks in the first game against the Heat came out and they were real struck. They struggled a lot. So did the Heat. That's why they wound up winning that game. Mm -hmm. So who knows? No, no, they didn't win, but the uh, Bucks still the Bucks came won out because they, the Heat were struggling. Oh, well, they yeah. cannot struggle against the Nets. The Nets are no, ten times better team. A hundred percent. I that. agree, but I mean, it happened in the first round. The Bucks might come out in Game Two. I don't think they're going to shoot that poorly again. I hope I think not. They'll come out and they'll probably put up. A I don't know. When Giannis, when Giannis versed the Nets in the regular season, his shooting was incredible. I really hope it's not bad because there's no way Chris Middleton can have 13 points, go six for 23, yeah, and there's no, no. way how they can go seven for 19 and 17 points. And I don't think That's, they'll do that. But I'm saying you can't. Mm-hmm. This is like this is it right here. This is the hardest challenge you're gonna get so, all year. So yeah. with James Harden being out, um, the rotation obviously was changed. Mike James was was the guy the Nets put in. Uh, Mike Jones because oh. because uh, <laughs> James Harden was out. So. A lot of people don't know who Rick Mike James, James is. He uh, James, was bitch. a player over overseas, well, another player from overseas. Uh, he came in for the Nets and they're during but the regular American. season. He's American. He just played overseas, right? Mm, I don't know what national. Keep talking. I'll look this up. Yeah. Ooh. So he. So he. Uh, Knowledge. He's a really good player. Like he. He was the facilitator of the Nets' offense, and he was also the hustler on defense. Obviously, you're not going to replace what James Harden does offensively, but Mike James was able to steady it enough to where they didn't miss Harden as much as they would have, and his defense was better than Harden's. He had 30 minutes. He had 30 minutes. Hell yeah, he did. He's the, he's the guy they thrust in because he, Harden was hurt. 30 minutes, 5 for 11, 2 for two for 4 out of 3s. He was, he was uh, plus 12 in the plus minus, and he had 12 points. I mean, for a backup guy, for a guy who wasn't even on the roster maybe three weeks ago, and for a guy who's been bounced around the league, so he he's American, six one, played for let's see here, he played overseas, then he came over to America, then he played overseas again, and now he's back in America. So he played overseas, then he played for the Suns, the Pelicans, went back overseas to Italy, came back and played on the Nets. How old is this guy? Thirty one. He's old. Oh, yeah, okay. he's an older guy, but um. He's a great player, and like I said, his defense really helped uh, stop guys like Drew Holiday mm-hmm. and Chris Middleton. Reasons why they shot so bad is because the Nets defense as a whole stepped up. It's gotten a lot better over the season because I think on, you guys were on track to be one of the worst defenses of 
all time at Correct. the beginning of the year. That coaching staff has done probably the best job with a team you could have possibly did. That team had yeah. no depth. Now here's they my, had nothing. Here's my question to you. I'm, I'm not going to ask you, Ant, because you are a Nets fan, and I, you know, we'll okay. save that for after. Okay. Vin, do you think this coaching uh, and like what they've managed to do is actually because of Steve Nash? Or do you think that he's really just a figurehead kind of like figure for them? Yes. And no. that this is partially mostly just the assistance. Yes and no. I think that Steve Nash is a good coach because mm-hmm. I think Steve Nash is kind of you can see he's kind of making the point guards look a lot better under Steve Nash. They're Fair facil- all their point guards are facilitators. James Harden facilitator. Right. Kyrie Irving, when he has most of the ball handling at this point, is a facilitator first. Fair so in terms of their guards, which is their strengths. Yes, I think Steve Nash has done a great job with them. The other smart thing that I think Steve Nash has done is that he knows he's a first-year head coach, and he knows he needs to win the respect of his star players. Right. So what do you do? You go get those star players' coaches that they will enjoy and like and that will make their games better. Right. So, so yes, I think it's a lot of him because he's making a lot of the right moves. I think it's a lot of the assistant coach for getting these guys ready. And the game plan, I think, is really on the players. I think Steve Nash gets lets the players kind of make their own their own style of what they want to do, and he incorporates, which is also part of being a great coach. So I think yes and no. I think he's part figurehead. I think in the beginning of the year he was. But as we go on... into it a bit? Yeah. I think as we go on, he's becoming better of a coach. In the beginning of the year, I thought he was a figurehead. Fair enough. Anthony, you've watched them for the entire year. How do you feel about it? He is learning on the fly, and I love it. So in the the beginning of the year, he was making, you know mistakes that a first year head coach would make like maybe not calling a timeout when you need to or mm-hmm. stuff you know simple stuff like that All right. and i really like that during the regular season even though it cost us a couple of games i really like that the rest of the coaching staff like a mike d'antoni who has so much experience with this stuff let him make those mistakes and learn from it you have to you can't coddle you yeah. have to yeah, learn. Exactly. exactly. That's a good you point. You rather learn in the beat regular season mm-hmm. than in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wound up costing them the first seed, but does it matter? No. It really. It doesn't. You're still at this be point, it doesn't matter. You're most likely still going to be in that Easter conference. So I really final. appreciate I mean, that they let uh, Steve Nash do it. Steve Nash is definitely a bit of a figurehead. But he's learning every new game. Every game that they have, he's learning. He's taking more control over the plays. He's, you know, he's drawing up the plays now, whereas in the beginning, Mike D'Antoni was the one drawing up the plays. So he's definitely stake, taking a necessary step forward. He is a good coach. He's he's doing the Steve Kerr role that Steve Kerr did when he joined the, the Warriors. Yeah, fair enough. Um, although Steve Nash had a full year with this team and Steve Kerr didn't when he took over as the Warriors head coach. But Steve Nash is definitely becoming a good coach. I don't know how he would be without his superstars. I don't... I think he'd be fine. Yeah, I, I think his assistant coaches are too good. He has so many good assistant coaches, led by Mike D'Antoni, who, I mean, did a, a pretty good job in Houston. Should be a head coach, obviously. Should be a head coach in Portland, like I'm saying. I think he, <laughs> he's in the same situation, though, as... who We've talked about somebody like this before. He's in the same situation. Oh, like Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Well, why would I go be a head coach somewhere where I take all the heat, where I can be an assistant coach on a phenomenal team, on a great team that, and I can get my ring and still have a big input in the team, mm-hmm. yeah. and still be able to coach James Harden. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, the, the way the Nets play 
It is a Mike D'Antoni offense. It is. It's, 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 three is it's, more than two. It's the same. It my, my dad used to call Mike Antoni because there's no D. There's mm-hmm. no defense. There is nothing. Nope. Dude, there, there wasn't, but at least with the Nets now, they are playing defense. They're, they're, trying, play, they're playing much the, better defense than they were earlier the, in the, the season. The problem with the Nets is, not, not really a problem, but the, the thing that the next Nets do is they play so fast on offense that they have – to, they have to play defense a lot more than other teams do. They're not going to milk the shot clock down to five. They're and like then Kelly go yeah, for their shot. The they're going to if they see something. If there's 20 seconds in the mm. shot clock, but if they see something, they're going to take their shot. So they're it the makes the defense. The yeah, it makes the defense look worse. But trust me when I say the hustle for these players mm. is there. You know what the Knicks kind of remind me of? You know what the Knicks are kind of coming up to be like? They're the old Nets, honestly. That's the what old I mean. Nets, but like the trap defense Knicks. Yeah. Trap defense Knicks. Because if you notice, that's what Thibodeau liked to run a lot this year was the trap mm-hmm. defense. He did. That they're they're coming they're kinda of coming they full circle to, with their They trap. love to get a guy isolated and then you know, a guy gets a little too close and his man just runs over and traps him in the corner or that's something. That's what I mean. Like it's the trap defense. Doing that. And, and another guy that I know I know we just talked we talked about Portland a while ago. Kenny Atkinson would be really good for Portland. No. Yeah, and yeah. No, you don't no. think so? I think he'd be great. Trust me, trust me. As a Nets fan, I love Kenny Atkinson. I wish him all the best during his time with the Clippers. Kenny Atkinson was really good at he's taking... He's on the trailblazers. No, he's not. He's oh, an yes. assistant oh. coach for the Clippers. Okay. So he was really good at taking players who were misfits and castaways from other teams, guys who almost shouldn't have been in the league, and making them solid role players. But he's not going to take those Portland guys and make them superstars well, or make them. He, he just has to let Damon McCollum do their thing. He has to get the other but guys to be role players. But someone has to bring it out of McCollum, and unfortunately, Kenny Atkinson is not going to bring out the best in McCollum. That's right. The best in D'Angelo Russell, that's for sure. That dude has not looked. Uh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I think he definitely sense. could. He can do it. I think he definitely do it. I would, I would like to see, I would love to see Kenny Atkinson get another chance of being a head coach. I think he was wrongfully fired from the Nets, uh, especially they fired him halfway through the, the season. Really pissed me off. He deserved a lot better. He more deserved more respect than. Yeah, yeah exactly. He turned like, your entire franchise around. If it wasn't yeah. for his coaching, half those players that they got James Harden wouldn't be there for. They, yeah. Durant and Irving wouldn't be there. He was a big all those he guys was, were there. He Kenny played culture. a big part in Karis Levert. D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Joe Harris. Yeah, those were the huge. four big guys that he really. Those got are the up four there. pieces that really are helping the Nets, or got the pieces to help the Nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for yeah. sure. Let's wrap. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that. Yeah, up. Yeah, so you're I, good. So, so we'll move on um, to the next series. We have is the Atlanta Hawks do, doing to the 76ers what I thought the Bucks would do to the Nets, and absolutely just coming out and punching the 76ers Hawks right. Alive. Right down. I would like to say something here. Having watched that game yesterday, Mm -hmm. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I hate Philadelphia sports teams. I was cheering for Philly just because of what Trey Young did to us. Watching him do it to the Sixers, I saw it with like a more open set of eyes. Mm -hmm. He gets so many calls, especially in the playoffs, where it's just soft. And the Hawks get the benefit of the doubt on what seems like most possessions where you'll see a Sixer player or a Knicks player run up and get in defensive position, maybe bump them a little bit and there'll be no, and there'll be a call and you're like, that's soft, but all right, they'll call it both ways. And then you see like, 
I th- I'd be Kevin Herter or a Bogdanovich run up and just slam into a guy, and they won't say anything. So let me just say really quick going off that. I know Trey Young definitely gets a lot of calls. He, he might he get he might get a lot more calls than a lot of other guys in the league. But honestly, when it comes to the Hawks versus the 76ers, I'm okay with him getting those bullshit calls. Because Embiid re- does, too. Exactly. That's fair. Joel Embiid gets the same bullshit calls. So at this they point, weren't if you're going to... They last game, though. I'll tell well, you well, why. Well, good. They shouldn't. But if you're going <laughs> <laughs> to... Oh, if you're going to give it to one, you got to give it to the other. I think that's fair. So, so if you're going to give it to Trey... Give it to MB. You're gonna give it to MB. Give it to Trey. If you're gonna cut it off for both teams, just be prepared because those guys are gonna be absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be ridiculous how much they're. I mean, they still do even when they're gang calls. I mean, they will complain. Which is kind of weird with with the NBA playoffs because the NBA playoffs usually let these guys play. They used to. They used to. Yeah, they used to. Also, that year changed. Let these guys play. I mean, but you know what? Because of COVID, referees aren't traveling as much, so they're staying with the same um, games. Team? Yeah. So they're, they're refereeing the same games. They're getting NBA more hates to, to do, it, but they have to. So I noticed it really depends on whose set of referees you get for that game. Because I was watching some series, and they're letting them go. They're like, they're and, so- yeah, they were really letting them go. Like the uh, the Nets and Celtics, they were kind of beating the hell out of each other. They were getting real physical. I saw a lot of plays. Kyrie Irving should have been uh, called for fouls a lot more. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant should have been called for a couple more fouls. Um, the guy in the Celtics, uh, Robert Williams, should have been called for one or two more fouls. But those refs really let those guys play. And then I see other other series like um, Atlanta and New York, where Atlanta was getting a bunch of bullshit calls. So it's like the NFL. You got to look at your officiating crew and you got to plan accordingly. Yeah, fair you know yeah. yeah, exactly. Crew, if you know your officiating crew is going to give you a lot of bullshit calls, you're gonna you're gonna take it to the you're gonna take the rock to the house a lot more because yeah, you know you're gonna get those calls. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta. It's it's just game planning. You know, it's yeah. down to game planning and coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Hawks are just riding a, a heat a heat stroke right now. I think oh, they're just riding right. a hot wave. I think it'll change in the next game. I really think the Sixers will come out and uh, they gotta slow it, down at some point. I think the, I think the Sixers will come out next game, and I think we'll have a new game plan. There's they, no way Doc Rivers lets it happens again. They're a phenomenal yeah. defensive team. I think honestly, I think they'll probably start uh, Matisse Thybulle over Danny Green. And I think that they will do a much better job of slowing down Trey Young than uh, than Danny Green did. And I really think I, the Sixers shot very poorly that game. They did not shoot well, and I don't think they'll do that again against the Hawks. Simmons will, but let me let me just well, say, yeah, Simmons so, will so Trey be. Young actually that first game against the Sixers didn't even have that many free throw attempts. He had nine. Yeah, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons both had more free throw attempts. The reason Simmons did was because know, it was Hackashack. It was Hackashack yeah, on which Simmons. Which is genius. He had about, which wound up really working to their benefit because he missed and they wound up getting some clutch rebounds and like yeah. getting some putbacks that were really big for them. Oh, yeah, you got Joel Embiid under the basket. He should be rebounding the ball. Well, the one he got absolutely smacked in the back and they didn't call <laughs> anything on it. And it was yeah. just like, wow. But no, I mean, yeah, if you're shooting 30% from that from the free throw line, absolutely you're going to get hack-a-shacked. You should absolutely be prepared. Yeah. And I would say, and I would say that the 76ers, they're, they're guys that didn't show up, but like, I mean, uh, Harris, uh, Tobias Harris, I keep wanting to say Thaddeus, Tobias Harris, 20 points, pretty good for a role player. 
Uh, he's one of the superstars. Yeah, yeah, he's, one of the superstars. he's not a role player. Obviously. He's one of the superstars. Okay, I mean, so then 20 points isn't the greatest thing, but indeed, 40 the, points. The thing about the Sixers, their offense was okay. They put up 124 points. They their did not shoot okay. well from three. That was the problem. I would say the problem is the defense. There was a total lack of defense on Trey Young. You can't let this guy come out and drop, second half they, second drop 35 half they, points, especially... I know they did a better job of the second half, but at that point it was kind of too far gone. Why is Ben Simmons not on him? Because he he can got he's guarding like Bogdanovich and like these taller guys that. But he shouldn't. He should be guarding Trey Trey Young. I think they I think they, 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 I think they switched him on Trey Young. Trey Young was, he went poor. Yeah, he did. He just he was passing the ball then to other guys that Simmons wasn't covering and they were hitting. That's like, what happens when you have good shooters. The one yeah, thing that I, I that I've seen that first game against the Sixers and exactly what happened with the Knicks. Trayon drives into the paint and will kick it out, and every single time there's a wide open guy in the corner for the Hawks. Yep. Every single time, and it's one of those things where it's maybe it's because I'm you know not a professional coach, I'm not watching quite enough, but it's one of those things where you're watching, you're like, why is you know this is gonna happen, right? Like yeah. either give up the floater or give up the three, but like you would think they'd choose to give up the floater give over up that. The floater, yeah. You know, it's the Mike D'Antoni approach. Three points is more worth more than two. So then, prevent them from getting the three. I I don't know. I think Trey Young kind of reminds me a little bit of a little bit of the James Harden. Oh, he does. He's, he's like a poor man's James Harden because it's just a really good pass. He's a more he's a more refined Devin Booker, in my opinion. He's a better passer than Devin Booker. He is. He can score he well like Devin Booker. I don't think he can score as well as Devin Booker. He relies heavily on the pick and roll, whereas Devin Booker can catch and shoot from anywhere and just drain that. Or he, or he, ISO. Or he can go ISO. Trey Young needs that needs that pick and roll to really – or he, he has to drive into the paint if he ISOs. So he can't pull up mid-range and drain that every single time. No, and that, but that's what makes him – you know, who else does that? Westbrook kind of does that too. He kind of drives in and then he kicks it out yeah. and to, for the three. Does. He's a bad – he's a good attitude and – I think he's a better. I like him better than Westbrook. I think Westbrook's better than him, but I like him better than Westbrook. I think if you're going to build a team around somebody, Westbrook's not the guy because he's always driving people out. I think Westbrook's too old at this point. I think Westbrook at this point in his career can't be that Same guy song at all. And dance at this point. But uh, Trey Young, I mean, he's shown in this playoff series, regardless of what you think about the fouls and whatever, he's an absolute. Dud on that court. I mean, that oh, just is yeah. it's crazy that this is his first time playing in the playoffs. It do, you numbers. don't even th- you wouldn't th- you would think you he's wouldn't. been in the playoffs the past like four or five years. You think yeah, this right. is like commonplace for him? Some guys just play better when the brightest uh, when the, the light is shine brightest. brightest. Yeah. yeah, I mean light that's just some guys, and maybe he just didn't get his chance. And maybe that was the Hawks' plan. The Hawks were like, "Look, we know this guy's good. We know he can play. Let's just get him a bunch of shooters." And help them. Yeah, they, they, they knew exactly what they were doing, and mm-hmm. it's it's great that they finally got a coach who can bring it all together. McMillan, yeah, he's a good coach. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't think he had the as much talent in in Indiana as he did here. I don't think. So. I don't think he. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I felt like Indiana always had talent. It was just bad things always happened to that team. They just yeah. have, they all had a like Aladipo kept getting hurt right before the they playoffs. They never had a superstar. They just never had a superstar. They always had a bunch of really oh, good. They had Paul George. They had Paul George. Now with McMillan. No, not with McMillan. Right, with, with Nate McMillan. No, their superstar sure. with McMillan was Oladipo. Oladipo. That's what I mean. And Oladipo, look at his always hurt. You know, I mean, it's just he never had that one guy. He never had that Paul George that you can spread the court with him and let him do his thing yeah. and run the pick and roll, and they never had that. So now that he has it, he's growing yeah. with Trey. Yeah. 
Alrighty, so um, let's go to news. real real quick before the news. Real quick, I just want to ask you guys. I know we talked about it a little bit, but just to finish off the NBA uh, series predictions. What are your series predictions? Do any any series you want? I'm taking Nuggets over the Suns in six. Nuggets over Suns in six. Just go go by order. Go by do the East and do the West. Just go series by series, real quick. We'll give our little. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Philly, Philly, Atlanta. I'm taking Philly. Hawks and five. I'm done. I'll, I'll take I'll take Philly and seven. Hawks and five. I'll take Philly and six. All right, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. You guys want to place a bet on this? Two on one. I'm I'm ready for it. I'll take uh, I'll take Brooklyn. I'll take Brooklyn and five. I'll take Brooklyn and seven because James Harden's not there. I will take Brooklyn. Yeah, I'll take Brooklyn seven. See, right. It's gonna be six or seven. James Harden plays too big of a role. Yeah. Uh, next one is Jazz Clippers. I'll take the Clippers in take the Clippers in seven. And then they drag it out again. Yeah, Clippers in seven. Clippers in six. And then the last one is Denver Phoenix. Taking Denver in six. I wanna say my heart is with I think the Suns are gonna do it because they have Chris Paul. But Chris Paul does what Chris Paul does. He'll That's find right. a way to get hurt. Give me Big Daddy Jokic in six. <laughs> There it is. I'll take Phoenix and seven. Oh, Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. So, news. Going to the news. Woo. We have... And this a, is Anthony with the news. The news. The news. So, we have a couple of uh, new NFL news. Obviously, we have the, the big Julio Jones trade Woo. is finally, finally completed. Julio Jones will be going to the Tennessee Titans. Son of a bitch. Along with a 2023 sixth round draft pick. For a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. First off, I just want to say something real quick. Adam Schefter, I've been a dedicated fan and a dedicated follower of you. You two, Ian Rappaport, I know you're not going to hear this, but I don't care. I have been an advocate and a longtime follower of you two, and you guys lied right to my face. They said that most teams, there was a lot of teams that were inquiring about Julio Jones, when in reality, there was two, and it was the Titans. And Patriots, the Seahawks. And the, and oh, the, Seahawks. the Seahawks. There was only two teams inquiring for Julio Jones, and these guys made it like the whole league was on watch on where Julio Jones was. They going. wanted more teams to feel like they had to. Be. No, I don't appreciate liars. Don't lie to me. You're a husband and a father. I get that. You lie to your daughter like that. Don't lie to me like that, cocksucker. What? what? Where did that come from? I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm hurt. I'm sure. hurt that I was lying no, they, to. They did say after the trade was complete that a lot of the teams who people thought were in on Julio were actually never, never like even inquired. Yeah, Ravens. Like the Ravens. The Ravens, Chiefs, guys who needed receivers never even inquired. Which really sucks because Julio Jones and the Titans are about to fuck the Ravens. This I'm really season. hurt that Man, the Colts didn't hurt. even like ask about Julio Jones. But okay, okay I, I have one question before we move on from that news. Sure. So now with the Julio Jones trade to Tennessee is the Colts the walk-in favorite or does the Tennessee Titans give them a run for the money now I think the Titans are going to the AFC championship this year I think okay, so you know, you know okay so, so you think they're not <laughs> I think the Colts are the better team on paper full full team not just offense full team on paper are the better team but the Tennessee Titans are still the the division champs from last year so you can't really I'm not ready to, to say the Colts are going to win that division because the Titans are still the top team. They were still the team who, who won that division last they year. Still got Derrick Henry, man. They're still I think I think it's the Titans that are gonna win that division now, and the real reason is because I had a lot of what ifs about Tannehill when Smith left, and I, I get that, I fine, I get that. 
But now it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Like all what's his name has to do is drop back and throw the ball up and somebody's gonna get the ball. Either Julio or AJ yeah, Brown. What someone, it? Someone's gonna grab the ball. So we did the, I mean, do we really need an off, a great offensive coordinator? Not really. Whereas the Colts, Carson Wentz is still a really big question mark. Mm-hmm. And really? if he gets yeah, hurt, yeah. you're in trouble. I think no matter who wins that division, I definitely think the Titans go further in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, sure. I, I think Carson wants a fine way to get it. I wouldn't be surprised if I was watching my Ravens get blown out by the by the Titans in the playoffs this year. Ravens aren't that bad. I don't think we're that bad, but I just think like I just think that with the amount of emotion going into the game, I think the Titans are, would walk through, like I not think, walk through us, but I think they would. No, beat I, think us the Ravens, in the I think the Ravens could win that. And the reason the way Ravens can win that is because the Titans don't have the, that great defense that they did against the Ravens. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah, their pass rush really isn't there. But if they're not pressure, shootout, I'm taking the Titans, man. I don't. I Lamar can run that ball, but nah, he, I still take the Ravens. He's still. So, so I don't know how these receivers are going to be. I mean, you know. You know what you're getting at. Yeah, you're, there's a lot of question marks on there often. I, I agree with that. I feel like yeah. you know what you're getting yeah. from the Ravens, though, because it's the same thing you got last year. It's the same thing you got the year before. Yeah, exactly. How would they have a shootout? Yeah, it's especially if they have to get into a shootout. I think their defense is very good, and the Titans, again, they don't have a pass rush, which means that anybody their, their front anybody. seven isn't that great, which means that the Ravens, we'll who are that, a yeah. fantastic running team, can run whether it's Lamar Jackson or their running backs or even if they're running a, a wide receiver yeah, wildcat whatever they want to do. Yeah, but the Ravens also don't have anything that scares you on the outside. So you know what what is there to cover? But remember, um, who did we just pick? Hold on, wait, wait, real quick. Remember they last year too, right? Did we just pick up? Yeah, but yeah. Watkins. I mean, Monday yeah, night I mean, last year, Ravens versus Browns. That was a shootout, and the Ravens won. True. The Ravens are true. okay. The Ravens won because they have the experience against the Browns. They won in that situation because Stefanski did not call some right plays, and Baker Mayfield is just not a better quarter is not a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. He's not. No. So that's why they lost that game. Mike Rabel is a lot better of a coach than Stefanski, and Tannehill is a lot better of a quarterback than. Uh, I don't know. Ben, I, I think the ben Ravens. Baker. I don't think they'll get in a shootout. And but even if Derek they do, Henry, I think they'll be okay because they again they won the shootout against the Browns, and then the one year they got into a shootout, a lopsided shootout with the Chiefs. They were able to bring it back in the second yeah. half, make it competitive. And the Chiefs are a way better team than the Titans. But the Chiefs. That was when the Chiefs had one of the worst defenses in the league. You have to remember that. That was, was last year, week two. They had a they had an okay defense. Mm-hmm. They were fine. That was not, not last year. It was. It was. Yeah, it was last year. It was last year. Yeah, it, it was. Because you no, know, because there was one point when they played the Ravens, where the Chiefs had, Chiefs had a two, hard there defense. There were two years in a row. They picked it up in the middle of the row. We played two. We, it was two years in a row, I believe. Where well, yeah, they've played them every year for the past couple of years. I, but I, I, yeah, it was last year they got into the shootout. I would still take the Titans. The Titans know how to play the Ravens. They do. They know they how to really play the Ravens. Ravens. I think both of them know how to play each and other. There's an extra. There's an extra bit of emotion in there. Yeah, I would take the Titans. I still take the Ravens. Okay. Well, I hope it comes down to that so we can make a nice bet. It would only it would only be in the playoffs. They don't play each other in the regular season. So, in other NFL news now, uh, the NFL has said that all coaches, no matter of position, all coaches who are not vaccinated and do not have an underlying medical condition are not allowed near the players. They have to coach from their offices, no matter if it's head coach, assistant coach, uh, you know, player, position coach, whatever kind of coach you are, if you are not vaccinated, you are not allowed near the players. What do we think? I think it's bullshit. I think you should just let these guys... Look, at the end of the day, we, uh, we're we a year and a half past COVID. 
We know the circumstances. We know we went a full year playing in COVID. We went a full year. We know the circumstances. We know the, the ways. We know what to do. We know how to handle ourselves now. I think I understand the NFL is a business, and that's their, their business thing is to make people get vaccinated, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, these are grown men. These are grown men, and these coaches are even older than them. They know the severities. They know their bodies. They know what they need to do. Stop telling people what to do, Roger Goodell and the NFL. Stop telling people what to do and just let them do what they have to do. Let them play their ball and stop telling them, oh, you have to do this and you have to do that. And, 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 and. Just, just know. Just know. If you know that you have a family member at home or if you know that you're playing in the league and there's stipulations, get the vaccine. If you don't want the vaccine, it's your choice. This is this, it's your choice. This goes deeper than NFL. This is bigger. This is what America is made of. It's your choice to do what you want. Obviously, it's a different. You know, you can't go out and kill people and do crazy things like that. But you also just let people make their own decisions. And the NFL, by doing that, is not setting a good example for people. It's just basically saying, okay, well, listen to whatever this somebody says. That's what you have to do. And so I actually kind of like the MLB's approach on this. The MLB uh, is not forcing anybody to get vaccinated, but they add incentives if you do. They allow you, if you if your clubhouse reaches 85% vaccinated personnel or more, you're allowed to walk around freely without a mask. You don't have to follow all the old COVID protocols, like you no know, spitting on the field, no, um, you weren't allowed to do handshakes or, or high fives or anything like that. But if 85% of your guys or more are vaccinated, then you are allowed to start doing that stuff again. So I kind of like that idea better, where it's not forcing you to do anything you don't want it's to. It's a suggestion at that point. It's, it's an incentive. A, yeah, it's an incentive. I, yeah. I agree with that. I think, you know, I think it, that's the right way to do it. I, I, I think you're right. You can't force people to get it, no. regardless of whatever the medical facts are and everything. This is America. You can't force people to do it. But I think incentivizing it, really, I think that's probably the smartest way to do it. Yeah, it, I mean, it gets a much better response from people than mm-hmm. being like you have to do it as if it. As if you force to. people to do something, a lot of them a lot of times don't want to do it after that. Exactly. If I told you Anthony, you had to go run a lap because you're not I healthy. You had to. You have to go run a lap. You're not healthy. Go run a lap. You'd probably be like, I'd say right back at you, fat boy. Yeah, you'd, probably like, <laughs> you'd probably be like, who the fuck do you yeah. think you are? All right, you fucking te- uh, jelly jugs, take it easy. Yeah, you probably you probably like who the fuck do you think you are? Right? But I'm like Anthony, look, if you go run, right, we can get yeah. ice cream. If you, yeah, if you go like, run, fuck yeah, give me that run. Exactly. If you want, yeah, if you go run, there's incentives to it. You're gonna you're gonna be more obligated to go run for the incentives. Yeah, there's, right? a, there's yeah, a way no, to do it. Cream, there's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it. The NFL is doing it the way you shouldn't. I, I mean, even even us. You're you're not vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Who cares? I'm vaccinated it's your choice. Too. Yeah, it's, it's all choice. I, my family is fully vaccinated. Right? I'm fully vaccinated. You're fully vaccinated. You got the sticker to prove it. I, I did get the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things like my family's fully vaccinated. If you're not going to be fully vaccinated at this point, my, I, I don't have any concerns about it. So it is what it is. I just don't you know care. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you I guys are safe reason. and I'm not. Who cares? At this point, I, what's right. matter? So that's yeah. why I think the incentive thing is the best. It's like, all right, like enough people are in that position where it's a small enough amount of people that aren't vaccinated that it's like, it's their. It is their choice. Like if they don't want to do it, that's on them. So at some point, there's going to be a herd immunity, right? There has to be. I mean, just by science, there has to be a herd immunity at some point. So, so now getting off of our opinions, because obviously right. we've made those known. 
But this is really going to affect some teams. Like, if their coaches aren't allowed to be near players, this is really going to oh, mess yeah. some teams if up. If you have some crazy, if you have some coaches who are allergic, like, what if you're allergic? If you if you if you do not have a vaccine because of a medical condition, there's a you are you are allowed to be near the players and do okay. your job. It's just if you don't if want the vaccine because you don't want it, then you yeah. If you're just like I don't want it because I don't want it, then they're like, then right, well, fuck you, you can't. Yes, so, which. You know, it, it, I don't it know, falls into I, a debate that's much larger than sports. So yeah, it's a political debate. Yeah, like our guys gonna lose their exactly. job. Like if you're not there to help the players, are you gonna lose your job because Who knows? because you're not able to do your job to well, the best of your ability? Well, it'll really show a lot about these coaches if they're saying, "Oh, you have to do this." It shows you a lot about coach. the team. If the a coach, coach, if a coach says, "No, I'm not gonna do it," what do you think that that coach is saying to the owner when he says, "Okay, I want you to do this or I want you to start this guy"? No, it's it's my it's my team. You're letting me make the decision. I mean, we're really going to see how these coaches act. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a problem. I think a lot of the people in the NBA or, I mean, NFL are just like, okay, Goodell says it, we're going to do it. And, whoever, you know, Goodell doesn't make these decisions. It's the owners that make these, deci- that make these decisions. So I think the owners have already had talks with their teams. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> I, I don't think we'll see. Ma- you might see a few. Like, I'll definitely keep coaches. you guys updated. If they if they start announcing which coaches yeah, it affects. I was. I will definitely let you know. Fuck you and they interrupted me. Yeah, but I was saying I don't think we'll see any head coaches really have a problem with this. You, we might see a couple of like assistant coaches here or there, like popping up, like oh, they're head saying coach what has I'm to do. be on the field. Yeah, but the head coaches. All you're not going to see a single complaint from or a single head coach saying I'm not doing it. I don't think. We'll yeah, see. if anything, it'll be the water boy saying I'm not doing it. In that case, uh, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, people feel very strong. Anthony about needs this a job. If anybody involved in teams are hearing this, if their water boy quit, Anthony needs a job. That's please. true. Give us, give us a quick. Please, please help Anthony out. I, I really do think that this is going to affect a lot of teams, and it's really going to mess them up. It might. Probably. It might lower the morale. It might, but who knows? I mean, again, this is a issue that goes. So okay. So, so on to our last uh, bit of news in the NFL department. The NFL is now outlawing the pain medicine known as Toradol. It is um, what a lot of these guys used to take if they had a lot of, um, you know, injuries that they could play on or play through. These guys would take it before the game, Even if and they that's could, why and they, they were just like out there on a play. So now, with the NFL not allowing guys to take this pain medicine anymore, it's really going to affect how. How much guys can stay on the field? Uh, how much time they're going to play? I mean, if they're if they're hurt and they're feeling it, they're not going to want to get in there and get get smacked no. around. Especially if you're like a running back, you're not going to want to get in there uh, with no pain medicine and just or that strong of pain medicine, I should say, because Doral is pretty strong. It'll also impact how soon guys come back from injury because they might not yeah. be fully recovered. They might just be like, nah, dude, I'm playing through it. And this was a bad time for the NFL to do it. When you move to 17 games during an 18-week yeah. schedule, That's this was a, a mean time to do it. it has you, know, rough. you know what's going to happen, and people are going to hate it. There's going to be load management in the NFL. Yeah, yeah just like there in the NBA. Be, there has to be load management. Unless the NFL decides to take the approach of legalizing marijuana for their players. They won't. They'll never do that. They They're not never as progressive as the NBA. The NBA is like, all right, we know our players are going to do it, whatever. Uh, the MLB has already allowed it in the minor leagues. The Believe it or not. And they're, they're, they're a bunch of old, old white guys running the MLB. They're, they're not, not going to do it. Look what else. happens whenever there's any kind of political issue brought up with the NFL. The entire fan base goes to war with each other. Yeah, and the whole it. league <laughs> goes insane. 
insane. And yeah, it just yeah. becomes um, look what happened with the kneeling flag thing. Policies it's, and sports don't make like two dicks and no bitch. Biggie Smalls. Oh my! Oh 92. wow! All right! Wow! Here <laughs> we go. I mean, that's what it is. So find yourself in serious shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie Smalls, nineteen ninety two Chronicles. All right. Um. Yay. Yeah. So those. So big. So pretty big news coming out of the NFL. Um. So now we'll move over towards the MMA section of the podcast. Before we get to MMA, how about boxing? Boxing. Where we had a dog shit exhibition last night between Floyd Money Mayweather and Logan Paul. Logan Maverick Paul. Logan Maverick Paul. I apologize. (laughs) Came out with the Charizard chain. I can't, you know. But, um, oh my God, did it look like Floyd wasn't taking that seriously. No, not at all. And, I mean, the whole event just, it felt like, it, it was an event that, like, it was people, knew it was gonna com- people knew it was coming, and then there was, like, almost no hype for it, and then the event happened, and everyone was like, oh, shit, I gotta buy this. Like, I, it, people forgot I kind of like the previous matches better. The, the um, matches leading up, um, who is it, Heard, I believe? Heard and Avila or Arius, Arius, I think his name was. They they put on phenomenal. Sure. That was that was a great fight. I uh, you know forgive me for forgetting their names, but yeah, oh my yeah. god, that was a good fight. Um, then you had Chad Ochocinco getting in there, and he didn't look terrible. Ochocinco looked pretty good. He, he didn't look great, but I mean you know for uh, for what he was, he looked good. Exactly for what he was, he lo- he landed a couple clean straights there, which is also a man that said. In a eating McDonald's was a serious meal for a serious conversation. That's right. He got yeah, so. him and uh, him and who, who was it? Uh, Brandon Marshall. Was yeah, it? they it's got Brandon heated Mar- in that conversation. Yeah. But I mean, the undercard was so much better than the Jake Paul Ben Askren thing. I mean, my God, is there a difference between Triller and Showtime? Yes. Showtime was like, hey, here's the fights. We're going to go through it, and we're going to get out of here. Triller was just a nightmare. It was a music show. Well, because Triller is owned by Jake Paul, right? He's a part owner. Right, so he's got a... It's like it was like... So basically it was like... Triller and Jay Paul were trying to coordinate stuff, and Jay Paul does it wrong because he's not good at that stuff. But Mayweather was the coordinator of that whole fight last I night. I would say it was a lot better. I would say it was more. Showtime has been doing this for years. Showtime's like this it was is more a professional. Yeah, Showtime is like this is a boxing event. This is about boxing. Here we're gonna give you boxing. Triller is trying to appeal to a market of kids with kids. no attention span who aren't really into boxing, who are just here to see Jake Paul, Which and they're the just like, here's this person, here's this person, here's this artist, here's this artist. We got fucking. There, were more, there were more performances giving art in, in music than there was fights on that. Yeah, on that hundred percent. And I think that was one of the biggest problems with that Triller event was, and why it felt it. It was what a four-hour event, and God help me, it, it felt might like longer. ten. It might have been longer than four. It felt, it felt like, like the a, VMAs with a little bit of boxing in there, dude. I, it, that well, yeah, but that I mean that event took forever. But so credit to Showtime at least for putting on a decent show. But also fuck Showtime because mm-hmm. their site did not work at all. We wound up. Yeah, uh, a lot of people had problems with the with the uh, it was, Showtime it was, site. You know, I, I'm not going to out anyone here. We may or may not have had to watch it on a live stream on TikTok because we there were stream sites that weren't working and because Showtime took our money and would not actually show us 
Yeah. They, uh, the stream. It no, was I, just heard, like it's I heard multiple people had the same issue. They they paid to see it and then weren't able to watch. Besides, besides that, besides that, from the fight, obviously Mayweather wasn't trying his hardest. It was pretty no. obvious. He Logan did his usual like trying too hard. Logan Paul was trying that there first two down. rounds. He tried way too hard. That first two rounds gassed him. He was gassed. But he's a be- look, look, I'll give Logan this. He's a better fighter than his brother. I, I wouldn't even say that. I, I would say is. Jake Paul is probably the better boxer out of the two of them. I think Jake is better stamina-wise. I think Logan is just a better fighter all around. Uh, maybe if you put him in MMA, but I, I watching the Which when it comes down to the fundamentals, a- when it comes down to the fundamentals, I would say Jake is the better boxer. And to, to what I think you were about to say, uh, I think because I think Anthony said to me earlier, where Logan is primarily a stand-up guy. He's not. He he has he's a wrestler. He's a wrestling yeah, exactly. So he should. That's why he should be in the MMA. He shouldn't be boxing. But mm-hmm. I mean, look, look. For it, it was what it was. It was what it was. We watched the best boxer, one of the best boxers ever, versus a YouTuber. It was what it was. People yeah. don't go into this thinking that it was going to be the greatest fight of all time. Or we're going to no. see all these different things. Go into it for what it was. Floyd Mayweather's going to walk. Floyd Mayweather's going to bob and weave and tire him out, and then pick his shots when he feels like doing it. And then you're going to get a hug fest like you did with Manny Pacquiao. That's I mean, it. So the unofficial scorecard for that uh, Mayweather-Paul fight? I'm guessing... Only had Paul winning one round. First yeah. round? No. Second really? Round. Second round. Wasn't Second even the first. Wow. No, they had Floyd winning the first. Well, because Floyd won the first because that when he went on that montage of hits, he didn't really hit Floyd. He was hitting his That's box. That's true. Yeah. I will say this. Something I just saw, um, so... Speaking of uh, Mayweather and what he's done. So, you know, this was... Essentially, just a money grab for it Floyd. Because money, because he is, he, he spends in, money faster than he makes it. I don't know if he, that's physically possible, honestly. He but, does. Um, it's possible with him, unfortunately. Speaking of, you know, this shout just being game. a shout, shout out to Gabriel for that bit of information. There you go. Um, from speaking of Floyd, you know, just making this a money grab and like he's in it for the entertainment. Do you know what the highest grossing fights of all time are? The five highest grossing fights ever. Was was Connor and Mayweather one of them? It is one of them, yeah. Okay. De La Hoya. I like because I looked down at your phone. Yeah. De La Hoya versus someone. <laughs> so, I don't number one. The are they highest, all boxing or no? They're all boxing. Oh, then I don't, I don't know. The, number one, the highest grossing fight of all time is Mayweather Pacquiao. Okay. That, that, was, that, that made $960 million. Okay. Number two was Mayweather McGregor, which made $938 million. Okay. Number three, and this is a massive drop off, was Mayweather Canelo back in 2013, and that only did that did 304 million. And I think they would do more than Pat. I think if he fought Canelo now, it would do. Oh, more it, than would, it would go. It would. It, it might beat the billion dollar buy. I think billion it would. Dollars. Oh, because Canelo's more of a refined fighter now. He's more of a refined fighter. Like a, he, he's, he's even better now. He's yeah, even exactly. better than he was. Number four, two hundred and sixty-five million was Mayweather versus De La Hoya back in 07. And the only one on this list that it does not invo- involve Mayweather was Holyfield Tyson in ninety-seven, which well, did two hundred and six million. Well, that's what he bit his fucking ear off. Damn, that's, that's a lot back then. I mean, that was a lot. That was a big fight back then. Tyson yeah. was a big fighter, and so was Holyfield. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where Floyd, Floyd showed up. He, you know, had fun in there, I guess, and then. He collected a paycheck. That's really all it was, and I, I think just don't know why anyone would have expected anything else. No, I, like I said, and like exactly, you hit it right in the head. I don't know why people expected it to be anything more than it was. It was what it was: a YouTuber versus the best boxer, one of the best boxers mm-hmm. ever. That's what it was, people. 
Don't don't get in this anymore because that's what it was. This wasn't like Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley is gonna be where Tyron where Jake's the one with all the leverage and Tyron Woodley is a dude who's on a four fight losing streak and wants to washed. become. He, yeah, he is washed. It seems, he it Mayweather did say Personal he said he washed. But it's not. It, it's I think Tyron Woodley has a better shot than Astrid, though. A hundred percent. It's not even yeah, in the same realm of yeah. reality. I think Tyron Woodley is still trash. Tyron Woodley still has that ridiculous right hand and experience. I don't know. I don't know if Jake Paul, especially in a boxing ring where Tyron doesn't have to worry about you know getting his leg kicked and getting taken to the ground and getting out wrestled and grappled, and he can just focus on okay, avoid Jake Paul's right hand. I think he has a. Per- Pretty decent shot. I think Woodley's gonna win that. Give he me Woodley. Give me Woodley five. A dynamite right hand if he will Dino finally my. let it go. Dynamite if he finally lets it go. Speaking of MMA. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So MMA. so we have a couple of news coming out of MMA. Um, ESPN reporter Ariel Helwani, a guy that I get a bunch of my MMA news from, is leaving ESPN to That's big. pursue something different. Still don't know what it is. He hasn't said yeah, what he it had, is he yet. Still, he said he would release it in a couple hours, and it's been over a day. He's going to the Disney Channel. <laughs> That's ESPN. ESPN is Disney. I know. That's why I sorry, but, no. but yeah, so so uh, wish him all the best of luck. And we have um, Paulo Costa has withdrawn from his main event against Jared Cannonier on August 21st and will be replaced by... Kelvin Gaslam once again, the second consecutive Paulo Costa fight where Kelvin Gaslam is stepping in on short notice to replace him. Uh, did not go well for Kelvin in the last time. No. Got absolutely pieced the fuck up by Robert Whitaker. Just completely outclassed for five rounds. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if this goes any better. Well, Robert Whitaker is the true... Number contender one contender for, for the a belt. middleweight title, yeah. hands down. And the only reason he hasn't got it yet is because him and Izzy are on different schedules. Yeah, he, he couldn't take the fight that's happening this weekend. This coming weekend. He couldn't take it as early it as... It was too short notice, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think provided Izzy wins, I think Robert Whitaker gets the next shot. But oh, absolutely. This I, fight, well, actually, no matter who wins, I think Whitaker gets the next shot. It would make sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing is... Adesanya already has one from a few years ago. If Vittori wins this, they might try to run that trilogy. They might, but because I feel Izzy, like, they've also put so but much I feel like it should into be, Izzy. It should be if Vittori wins. I don't think he will, but if he does, it should be Vittori Whitaker. Let them fight, and then and then Izzy takes the winner. Yeah, well, that would make sense because also because either one of them would be a rematch for Izzy. You know, mm-hmm. it's Whitaker has the belt. Oh, him and Izzy already fought. Why not run that back? If Vittori wins, you could do, oh, either one of them, you know, they, they both got one. But I, I don't know if they would do that. I think if Vittori won because they put so much branding into Adesanya, they put him on the cover of EA Sports UFC. He's got the Puma deal. You know, he's got he's got all so, these so followers and everything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So while we're on this topic, let's let's go towards the uh, UFC pay-per-view that is happening this weekend. All right. Let's let's talk about it. So yes. do you have a specific fight from Name that the card? Name the fights. Yeah, let's, let's, let's run down the, the Let's run down the main card. Yeah. At least. Okay, so Adesanya versus Vittori for the middleweight belt is the the headliner. And, and this, this is UFC, UFC what? UFC 263? 263, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, then another title fight is Figgy versus uh, Moreno for the flyweight the rematch. Title. The rematch. Yes. Flyweight title, you said? Yes. Yeah. The 125-pound belt. That was an absolute 
banger of a fight. That should be better this time because now they're both rested and they. they you would hope time. so, but there there are times where it just doesn't work that way. Some one of them might come out a lot more cautious than the other one. I think uh, we'll get to that later. In my yeah. opinion. Uh, then we have a five five round welterweight bout between Leon Edwards and Mr. Diaz. Mr. Nate Diaz. Yes. Nathan Diaz. Um, and then it's a light heavyweight bout between Craig and Hill, and a welterweight uh, welterweight mm. bout between Maya and Muhammad. Mm. So, out of all those fights, Chris, which one are you most looking forward to? Well. There's a good part of me that is very excited for the rematch between Figgy and uh, Moreno, mm-hmm. and I think that could be a really fun fight. But the violence junkie in me just really wants to see Leon Edwards versus Nathan Diaz yeah. because I believe there's going to be a lot of blood in that, and I don't think it's going to come from Leon. I think he is going <laughs> to bust Nate the fuck open, and whether or not Nate can actually withstand that storm and catch Leon will be a re- will be really interesting. But yeah, oh my god, that one's got me excited. It's good. yeah, it's gonna be fun. But I still I have to go with Figgy and Moreno. I I think this is where Figgy gets gets. I don't want to say back on track because his track is really good. He's been on he's just, been on a roll. Yeah, it was just the last fight didn't really work out. Well, it was yeah, a he draw, play. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I think he comes out, and I, I think he finishes Moreno in this fight. I I don't know if it's going to be knockout or submission. I really don't. But I'm calling a Figgy knockout. I'm going to Figgy knockout round four if I had to take a guess. Here's what I'll do. I'll read off the I'll read off the matches for you guys. Mm-hmm. And you give me a uh, you give me who you think's going to win. Why? All right. Short description. That way you guys can and even debate it. Fair enough. All right. Let's go. Uh, Calderwood versus uh, Murphy. The women's fights. Hollywood versus Murphy. We going on the uh, undercard Flyway. for this one. Yeah. All right. Um, I think maybe Calderwood by decision. Yeah, she's she's better. Um, I'll go. I'll go her. Three round fight, right? I'll go. I'll go yeah. stoppage. Stoppage in the second. Do you think are any of these two women underdogs to where if they win tonight, when they win uh, Saturday, they could maybe make some noise in their in their weight class uh, and, and maybe make what, weight cl- what weight class is it again? This is I mean, women's flyweight. I, mean, I don't is, know about the women's is tough because it's just it's just run by the same couple of women, so okay. it really you're just being fed to the same you're fed, being fed to Nunez Shevchenko, or like now I would say Rose. I don't think Rose is going to lose that belt anytime soon. I don't know. We'll see. All right, lightweight Andrus versus Stewart. Andrus uh, versus Stewart. Sorry. Let me see. Where is this real quick? Um, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. I'm going with Darren Stewart on this one. Uh, I'm sticking with the British. You know, I, lo- I love, love well, my yeah, I, like, I don't like I don't like British people. Right, fuck so. you guys. <laughs> Yo, real quick, because you're starting here on the uh, on the prelims. I just want to say on the early prelims, uh, gotta give a big shout out. Chase Hooper is fighting once again. Nice. Fucking love that kid. He takes an absolute beating every time he goes out there. The poor kid. But he somehow, more times than not, manages to get the win. He's learning. He's getting there. I love that kid. I love watching him fight. Who's the opponent? He is fighting Steven Peterson. Hmm. uh, Who has a lot of tattoos. But you know what? I'm still going with my boy Chase Hooper. Going with the curly hair. 
Curly hair boy. Yeah, I don't want to root against Chase Hooper. I'm not gonna lie. I love, nah. I, I love his sense of humor. He it's really is, refreshing to see a UFC fighter with a sense of humor. He's a fantastic. He's he's a so much fun to watch. But uh, continue Vin, with where you were well, at. Sorry. Welterweight bout. Mia, Maya, whatever his name is. Maya. Yeah, versus Muhammad. Um, Damian Maya's getting pretty old now. Like Muhammad. Yeah. Taking Bilal. Yeah, Maya's just said, not. Uh, Coke to Leon. Yeah, he's just not where he was. I mean, he's just not. He's not the guy. Fair enough. Um, I, I think I might go with Maya on this one, just because I I don't know if I've really seen the the kind of ground game from Muhammad that can handle that. Mm-hmm. But you know, so I, you think he's gonna submit him, or you? Think? I think I think Damian Maya could. Well, I think Damian Maya uh, will submit Bilal Muhammad. But also, really, want to say, really weird how they have Bilal Muhammad and Leon Edwards on the same card <laughs> right after each other when in their last fight, Leon Edwards, I poked Muhammad, and the fight was called off. Why not just run that back? That, I mean, that seems like an unnecessary loose end. That well, Leon Edwards got a better fight. Leon Edwards got a much better fight out of the deal. I mean, So that, my that's God. why. Why would you want to run it back? You're getting a better fight. Well, in terms of publicity, yes, he got the better fight. But in terms of actual rankings, Muhammad got the better one because Nate's not even ranked at welterweight. So yeah, but it's still Nate Diaz. It's still a big it, it, name. Yeah. Like it's, Ariel Hawani said earlier, well, actually, there. was uh, he said he called him a superstar. He's one of the few superstars where like you hear Nate Diaz is fighting and you're like, well, I want to see that that dude. That's how I am. I, I don't really. I'm not. I mean, I'm learning still about the UFC, but I know who Nate Diaz is. Like, if I hear Nate Diaz, I'll sit down and watch because I know who he is. Yeah, I mean, those he's two, a household name. Those two fights with Connor made him mm-hmm. made him a superstar. I mean, he put on he shocked the world with the first Connor fight. I remember still. I still remember being at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings with you and, and just going nuts watching mm-hmm. him stab him out. And then that second fight with Connor is an all time great. I mean, they was just back and forth, Fucking bloody mess. Yeah, what was his name? Jim, Jim Ross. Jim, Jim Ross said was an absolute slobber Absolute slobber knocker. That was a phenomenal fight. So yeah, Nate Diaz is one of those guys that you have to see. But Craig, light heavyweight bout, Craig versus Hill. That sounds like someone's full name. <laughs> Craig Hill. Craig V Hill. It's very bland. I'll give him that. It's very bland. I think I'm going to go with Paul Craig on this one. Um, by knockout in the first. Yeah, I don't really have an argument against that one, to no. be honest. Paul Craig's got some heavy hands, man. All right. Edwards versus Nate Diaz. That is a welterweight battle. I'm going uh, five round decision by Leon Edwards. I think he's gonna piece Nate the fuck up. I'm going. I'm rounds. going Edwards, Doctor Stoppage in the fourth round. That's not a bad call. I'm going Nate Diaz in two. <laughs> Nate Diaz in two. <laughs> bro, don't you know sixth round is when Nate Diaz gets going, man? Right after the fifth, bro. If it went one or two more, Nate Diaz was really gonna get cooking. Nate Diaz in two. Nate Diaz in two. Nate Diaz and do that's a bold Nate one. Nate Diaz is getting stopped by the doctor in four after. There's four a good chance, man. Until he gets that like surgery. Oh, I didn't say Nate Diaz would win. I just said Nate Diaz and two. He could be knocked out too. <laughs> Nate Diaz has only been hasn't been knocked out since I think 2011 against. I was against Josh Thompson. I don't remember what year that was, but that was the last time he got knocked down. He hasn't been submit, submitted since the mid 2000s. He's a, yeah. He's a tough cookie. Uf- one tough cookie. UFC flyweight title. Figgy, as you guys are calling him, versus Moreno. Yeah, I'm definitely going Figgy. This guy, this Moreno guy, looks like the most average dude in the world. I'm going Figgy just because he doesn't look average. <laughs> Yo, Figgy is a man of mystery, and he's a uh, he's. Please tell us, Chris, what is what is Figgy's nickname? 
Oh god, what is his nickname? His nickname is the God of War. That is right, he is the God of War. <laughs> you god. can't you can't not root for a guy whose name is the God of War. And he has a little stripe on his head too. Well forget the God of War nickname. This man rides yaks. <laughs> What? That's just fucking weird, and I love that he rides yaks. He does. He does. Uh, he, he rides yaks. He's a hairdresser. He's a UFC champion. I think there's like one other thing, and it's just the dude's fucking wild. And I fuck. And for that's that reason, I love out of pocket things I've ever heard. Yeah, no, it's it makes awesome. no He's sense. He's a yak riding barber, and during the day, a UFC killer at night on Saturday night. Absolutely <laughs> savage. So for that reason, I'm gonna go with Figgy. Just plus having seen what he did to Joseph Benavidez, dude. I mean, that yeah, was I'm, I'm taking brutal. Figgy, Figgy to get a stoppage in fourth. That's what I'm going. Speaking of airbenders. Let's go to the style better. UFC middleweight title, the style better, everyone knows who that is, Adesanya versus Vittori. Marvin Vittori, the meatball. It's not his actual nickname, but he's Italian, so I'm going to call him that. Um, honestly, after seeing what Jan Blahovich did to Israel Adesanya and the way Vittori won his last fight, I'm kind of leaning for Vittori to win this one. I'm kind of leaning on a five-round decision from him. I think Stylebender. I think he's learned from his mistakes. That guy's too good to. You would hope, especially considering way. it's at middleweight and not light. I'm going. I'm going. Izzy. Izzy's gonna win by knockout in the third round. That's right. my. That's my prediction. I'm, Izzy too. I'm gonna go with uh, the meatball, Marvin Vittori, uh, by by decision. I Izzy think too. Bolt, you you got a real fascination with the second round there, don't you? I do. I just feel like he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to watch past the second round. I know. Exactly what it is. There's so much, so much goodness to come from that, though. Yeah. Alrighty. So um, we talked about this this upcoming pay per view. Mm-hmm. So let's let's jump back a little bit to a little bit of a recap over what happened last Saturday. The two, I would say, main things to happen from this past Saturday's card, which would be Ponzinibbio. And um, oh god, what what was his last name? Um, it started with a B. Ba- Baeza. Uh, yeah. Ponzinibbio and Baeza putting on one of the fights of the year. It was an absolute fucking slugfest. That slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. It was an absolute fucking slobber knocker. That fight. Slobber. And uh, wow. All right, <laughs> we're switching it up. Okay. That fight was ridiculous. That was three rounds of two dudes just throwing bombs at each other and kicking the shit out of each other's legs. I don't know. Actually, I have the stats here if, you, if you're curious. I would love to hear them. Love to hear them. Total strikes, 122 for, for Ponzinibbio. I'm going to always mm-hmm. say his first. To 104. Okay. Significant strikes, 121 to 104. Mm-hmm. Um, the total strikes that they, that they attempted, 271 to 249. I mean, head for a three-round fight. That yeah. is the head-to-head head strikes for for Ponzinibbio was ninety-eight out of two forty-five. Whereas the other guy only landed thirty-six. Head head hit. Dude, yeah, no, like, um, that's a lot of blows to the head. Yeah, no, Ponzinibbio was. But Baeza definitely targeted. He targeted the leg. A oh, he more. did. I mean, especially forty-four came, official official strikes. He to the came right out in that first round and started chopping Ponzinibbio's leg. And it looked after that first round like he was just gonna chop it all the way to a victory. Usually, I mean, yeah. Usually, if a guy comes out and attacks the leg, and he attacks it well. Yeah, it, it's, it, a, it, it, it's especially hard to lately. Come back from that. Lately in the UFC, it's been a recipe. It's been a complete recipe for success. Just attacking the legs. Be patient. 
just mm-hmm. keep going for it. It's not even the thigh kicks like it used to be. Then now it's just people are just aiming for the the thin meat on the calves, man. And yeah. your legs just can't take that kind of punishment. Just be careful how you're kicking, or you exactly. might, you might. Break your leg. Oh, Chris Weidman. <laughs> All right, so so I have a question. Yes. Move, move a little bit forward here. I have a good question. Is there anything that has been announced officially, or that will be getting announced, that you think will be fight of the year coming up? Oh, um, Holloway versus Yaya Rodriguez and has what, to be an absolute and, contender for fight of the year. And do they? And do you know for the audience what UFC that will be? UFC. Oh God, number? that's. Have they announced that yet? I don't believe it's. It's not going to be a pay per view because it's after the. Holloway and Rodriguez is a UFC fight night on July seventeenth. That's it. It's after the Poirier McGregor card, I believe. I think it might be the week after, isn't it? It is. So yes. there you go. We, that is two absolute banger uh, main events. One week after another, and I think there's a third big, uh, third big main event that was announced for July, wasn't there? For July, I believe uh, so. Well, the Poirier McGregor card has some good. That I know that has some good, but there's, I believe there was a third main event. Well, there was San Hagen versus Dillashaw. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That one looked. Uh, hopefully, Corey Sanhagen can absolutely knock Dillashaw. You know what though? You know what? You know what? A fight is not going to get a ton of credit, but could absolutely turn into a really good fight. What's that? Korean Zombie versus Dan. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. I-G-E. A- I always forget if it's I- E-Gay yeah. or I-G. Um, I think it's E-Gay. I think it is E-Gay. That one really That's going to be a good fight. That is a much closer fight night. It's uh, the the headliner for June 19th. So that one's coming up. That one, yeah. Well, that's that going to be a good fight. That really could be. I mean, Korean Zombie brings it every single time he steps, in, steps foot in there. I mean, yeah. he is just a wild dude. And, and for, again, these are... We brought Chris here for exactly this reason. UFC's talk, that's what we want to bring to our podcast is mm-hmm. UFC, because not a lot of people are doing that, but it's it's big. People love it. People love UFC right now. It's one of, it still is one of the biggest fastest growing sports, man. So 100%. I wanna hear I wanna hear from you and you too, Anthony. Who is maybe a a fighter in any weight class that's maybe at the bottom of the totem pole right now, but you can see being a superstar, a superstar potential, and not only by superstar by the personality, but a superstar fighter potential. Chase Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, as much as I love Chase Hooper, I wouldn't say him. He kind of um, looks like the guy from Zoe One Hundred One. Yeah, he does. He, he looks like Chase from Zoe One Hundred One. Yeah, he does. Um. Ah, man. A uh, fighter at the bottom who... Not even at the, the bottom. Just who's not getting enough recognition. Oh, man. Who's not getting a rough, enough recognition. Um, a name that's... I mean, Hamzat's on his way up real fast, but who, know, who knows if that's going to last. Um, another good fighter um, for the featherweight division. I mean, he hasn't fought in a while, but Zabit, Zabit yeah. is... Um, he, he was the one with COVID, right? Uh, I believe so. Um, kind of derailed his career. Zabit a bit. Magomed Sharipov. Uh, that dude I'm is. Sorry? <laughs> Magomed Sharipov. Did you just cast a spell on us? Yeah, I'm trying to say that. Yeah, it's the Russian names, man. <laughs> that dude is fucking awesome to watch. Doesn't have much of a gas tank, but he's been. I think it's been like a year, year and a half it's since. A year and probably a year and a half. It's been a while. Yeah, since he last fought, which really sucks because the dude is. Puts on a great fight yeah, every time. His heart's just not all there after COVID. Like it's really yeah, it's it's tough. Really messed Take him a up. hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I had to say anybody, I wouldn't say a particular person. I would say 
watch out for anybody in the lightweight division. And I say that oh, yeah. because anybody can move up. It's such a wide open division. And that's what makes it the most fun division to watch. Is that, that any of these guys? Too. I have one. I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh boy. Go, Go for it. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I mean, at Bantamweight right now, it's... A, I, although, I would... He's a good fighter. He is, but and I'm he's taking... Got the personality to do I'm it, I'm taking too. Petra Jan over him any day. Jan is an evil little fuck. <laughs> that dude... He's a little gremlin, ain't he? I don't know if I call it. Maybe a gremlin, but that dude... I mean, I remember watching a clip of him, I think, eating a kick from Uriah Faber, laughing, and then... Just dropping him with a straight right like it was fucking nothing. And just looking at him like, what? What now? I mean, the dude loves to hurt people. Mm. I mean, that knee he landed on Aljamain Sterling was vicious. Wildly illegal as well. Wildly illegal. But it was, uh, I mean, you just watch it, you're like, wow, okay, like, damn, man. Like, there's no no hesitation. I hope that that fight happens eventually. Obviously, it's not going to happen quickly because you have to, it takes a little bit to move up in UFC. Well, I hope I that mean, fight happens. O'Malley, I, I can't wait to put some money down on that. Fair enough. I mean, O'Malley, and especially <laughs> in the UFC, you see it with Connor. Connor has not fought, has not won a fight at lightweight since 2016. But he's still the, what, fifth ranked uh, lightweight in the division? He, right? Is it fit, fi- Is he fifth or fourth? Connor in, yeah. the, in the lightweight division? Connor is uh, number five. Yes. So he's number five. He hasn't won a fight in the division since 2016. He's Conor McGregor. Exactly. So with a guy like Sean O'Malley, takes one big win and a little bit of shit talking, and all of a sudden he's next in line for the title regardless of what his Which spot is. Which he does shit talk a lot. I mean, I get, I'm a big fan of Anthony Cattell. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I've yeah. watched him. i watched his, his highlights. I've watched his highlights. I like him. There's a guy that I like. It's this guy. He's a lighter, lankier American Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like him because he's like Conor McGregor. I like him because he's an entertainer. He's an entertainer, and he's he kind of fits. He kind of has those like uh, attributes of great fighters. Mm-hmm. He just has to piece it together. Yeah, I think he's just I, too young into his career to just jump from one end to the other. It might be. Um, I mean, like there there are a couple of examples like uh, John Jones, where guys who are young can still get to the belt and still be a dominant force. So I mean, he might. He might need a little bit more time, but he can still get to that thing pretty young, I think, especially if he puts on another performance or two like his last one. I think he'll be fine. Um, another one, another guy that I would like to see more of is uh, Darren Till. But man keeps getting injured, and he's weird as shit on social media. And I don't know what's going on in his head. That dude, he has a brand of clothing called Raw Dog. Very nice. Um... He talks shit on just about everyone. He was supposed to fight. I think his fight with Derek Brunson just got moved back a month, so he can fight in London. Who's the English guy? Who's the guy that uh, the big Trump supporter, the MAGA guy? Oh, that would be Colby Covington, and he is, according to Dana White, so take it with a fistful of salt. um, He is next in line to fight Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title. It's the only match they can make at this point at welterweight. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, baby. I would love to see Steven Wonderboy Thompson get that belt. I love Kamara Usman. I have nothing against Kamara Usman, but Steven Ta- Wonderboy yeah, Thompson but, but, is the nicest motherfucker. He has the belt for it. I would love to see him but get it. Usman, Covington is still ranked the number one contender in that division. He is, and, and they had an absolute all-time exactly. classic in their last yes, fight. Their last fight was fantastic. Five rounds of pure hatred 
Just punching each other. Two two elite wrestlers just punching each other in the face, standing across from each other for five rounds. With some shenanigans going on where uh, Kamaru did not get kicked in the dick and said so, he did. And then so real quick to fake. build off that, Stephen Thompson's next fight is against Gilbert Burns. Ooh. That's on the, the McGregor-Poirier card. That's the co-main event. So Shit. that's the number, for people who don't know, Gilbert Burns is the number two welterweight. Stephen Thompson is the number four. The winner of that fight should be, next, be the I next believe. challenger for Kamaru. With Usman. Woodley gone. Or Covington. If Covington winning or losing. Yeah, the, the um, only, then Leon Edwards is ranked three. But I'm not ready to give it I'm not ready to give him the chance yet. No, especially and honestly even Unless he, he like really does some damage against Diaz. If he like, puts on a show against Nate Diaz, I could see giving it to him. Yeah. And he he's also on like I think it's a eight or nine win streak right now. So, I mean, he should kind of earned it, but we'll have to see. Because yeah. one of the biggest knocks against Leon Edwards is he goes out there, he fights safe, he, he wins the fights for sure, but it's nothing you're going to remember the next day. It's not entertaining, which is what the UFC kind of needs right now because they're it's, still it's kind all, of a small that, brand. It's what Dana White is all about. It's yep. is just put on a show. I mean, he's done, he's done it before on his Dana White uh, contender series where people fight for a contract where a guy has been dominant and dominated a fight, but because he went for a takedown instead of going for the knockout in the last 10 seconds, Dana White's like, I'm not giving you a contract. That was ridiculous. Which was ridiculous. I mean, he beat the shit out of this dude. They had a fight of the night. Like, it was fantastic. And dude went for a takedown instead of going for the knockout with 10 seconds left. And Dana White's like, I'm not giving you a contract for that. Yeah, I mean, that's just how some of these businesses are ran. I mean, that, I mean that's how the NFL was, that the NBA was. I mean, mm-hmm. they're brands. At the end of the day, they're big businesses and they're brands, and that's what they have to think about. But we'll do one last question before we wrap it up. Okay. Um, right. One last question. For the viewers that are new to MMA that, that listen, or, or so we'll do two things. Experience for newer viewers and experienced viewers. Okay. What would be, I guess, the weight classes and the, the things to pay attention to as a new person? As a, let's go with that as first. Right. As, a, as a newer MMA fighter, as a newer MMA fan, and you're looking to get into the sport, what's the things to look into? I would say, and I think Ant would agree with me on this, if you're Listen. a new fan, um, the easiest way to get into the UFC... Besides uh, watching it. But, well, I, I mean, obviously, I mean watching it, watch but... It. The, the easiest way to get into this is to pay attention to the lightweight and featherweight divisions. They consistently put on, I think, the best fights. The fuel to the train? I mean, yeah, the, those divisions are always, like, it doesn't matter. If a guy's ranked, it doesn't matter if it's the number three going against the number 10 or the number five going against the number 15. It will always be a fantastic fight. Those, both the featherweight and lightweight divisions will always put on a show. Yeah, the lightweight division really helped me fall in love with the UFC because it was always. I mean, Khabib was at the top, and yeah, he was just too dominant for anybody else. But and the, other, just the other fights, too. the other fights that that division produced, and the fighters that are in that division, you got some pretty big names in that division. With Dustin Poirier, the new champion, Charles Oliveira. Justin Gaethje, Darius, Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson. Even watched up Tony Ferguson. Um, Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker, RDA, uh, Dos, Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you're gonna learn UFC, obviously you can't learn everything in one day. So just like Chris said, take it division by division. Um, obviously, some divisions are ran with an iron fist, like welterweight and middleweight. 
Oh yeah, where there's just two people that you know it's it's dominated by the same guy or couple guys. But yeah, pick pick a favorite fighter, pick a couple of favorite fighters, pick a favorite division. Uh, when I first started watching the UFC, I picked five guys from different divisions that I really was interested in. I watched their highlights. I was always you know preparing for their next upcoming fight, so I was you know where I wanted to be when I watched it, whether it was Buffalo Wild Wings or my own house. So, and it helps you get into it. If you have a favorite or favorites, it really helps you get into Someone the to get well. behind, as opposed to just like, all right, well, I'll just watch this whole card and, you know, I don't know anyone on it, but I'll sit through it. Like, have, have someone yeah, like to start my, off, just just watch the ones with the fighter you care about. Mm-hmm. That That's the easiest way to start, as opposed to, like, sitting down and be like, all right, well, I'm going to get into UFC. Let me just watch. Yeah, I mean, the first time I reason. made my girlfriend sit down and watch UFC, she was like, I hate this. It's too violent, blah, blah, blah. Then she, she now now when we watch it, she's always asking me, oh, is this guy fighting? Is this guy fighting? I really want to see, like, Figgy. She's like, when is Figgy fighting again? I really want to see mm-hmm. Figgy. And I couldn't even believe that she remembered somebody's name from the UFC. But uh, it's because she picked a couple of people that really, she just liked their showmanship. She liked what they were about in the ring and out of the ring. And it really made her like the sport even more. Also, she didn't know the choice. She had to sit in the basement and watch it with you guys. That's true. Well, not <laughs> That's a big detail, detail, folks. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> no, no, in all, no, but in all seriousness, I think that's really good advice for people who are watching that are newer. Um, I guess if you, for the audience that watches UFC and they're diehard UFC fans, mm-hmm. I mean, what would be the biggest thing to maybe, maybe there's some insider information that you guys know that a lot of people don't know. What's, what's the, what's the one secret you would tell them that maybe they don't know? Um, stay up to watch one FC because one FC consistently puts on amazing shows and it's, it's so hard to get into because it, it's there. It's a based out of Asia and they have crazy hours that they put on shows but if you can watch a 1FC show, watch it, because it is so good. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, watch, you know, branch out a little bit. Uh, the UFC is not the only branch of MMA out mm. there. There's a ton of other things you can watch. Get the UFC Fight Pass. They have tons of smaller promotions on there where you can watch their live shows. Yeah. Invicta, and a lot of, um, I believe, they have Cage Warrior stuff on there. They have all the old stuff like They got WC. a ton of stuff. And a, and a lot of these guys who are coming into the UFC are from other events such as Bellator. Like, I mean, look at uh, Michael Chandler who just came in and had one fight and then was then fighting for the lightweight championship. And almost won that. Put on a hell of a contest against yeah, Charles Yeah, he wasn't Oliveira. a brand new fighter. He was just a brand new UFC fighter. So, a new face. So yeah, if you're an experienced UFC fighter, yeah. branch out a little more. You'll you'll find more more guys you like. You'll know more people who are coming into the UFC, going from the UFC to another promotion, because that happens. Mm-hmm. Another great place to start is uh, you know Bellator 1FC. Um, on ESPN Plus, if you have that already because you're a UFC fan, that's where you watch your pay-per-views, check out the PFL, Professional Fight League. They mm-hmm. are they put on really good uh, million dollar tournaments. It's not all in one night, but they have some real. They have some fighters that you might know, like Anthony Pettis, mm-hmm. uh, Clarissa Shields, uh, former women's boxing world champion, phenomenal boxer. She's going to be stepping into the cage for the first time uh, and seeing how that goes pretty soon. 
So, I mean, they got some great stuff over there, too. I still don't think there's anyone better than Amanda Nunez, though. I don't either. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> believe Amanda Nunez is currently the best woman. The only one I could see competing ever. with her. Ever. Ever, yes. I The only person I could see competing with her, um, aside from a rematch with Cyborg, maybe Cyborg lines a lucky punch, would be Valentina Shevchenko. Only That's competition it. for her. Yep. And I just want I want to see that trilogy. I mean, I know amen, Nunez, man, Nunez technically won the first two. The second one was a razor-close decision that probably should have gone Shevchenko's way. But, I, I mean, at this point, they've cleared out both of their divisions. Uh, Nunez has cleared out two divisions, 135 and 145. Shevchenko's cleared out 125, right? That's yep. her belt. Oh, yeah. I mean, just to have them fight again, man. Have yeah, they have again. to do whatever they can to bring in views. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, you would get... Uh, that fight, if you make the trilogy... Could be the main event of any, and any they promote UFC, uh, two sixty whatever, two seventy whatever. If you promoted it the right way, like if they, if the company had faith behind it and really was like, hey, look, we're getting behind these women; they are stars. That that paper that could do close to a million, if not over. I mean, it would be one of the biggest fights in the UFC, undoubtedly. Even, if it, even if it is two women, which I know a lot of people are. And then yeah. stray away from, but nah, these two women, they're just different. They're different. Shevchenko is an assassin, and Amanda Nunez is just a dominant bully. Yeah. It's, it's really nice lady from all of that, but like when she steps in that cage, she just bullies everyone she comes up against, and it's yeah. not even close. Yep. So, all right, yeah, we are coming to an end on this episode of First Ballot. And we are recording on a Monday. This will be coming out on a Tuesday. Uh, we do have some games that are coming up, and for basketball at least. So they have Bucks, Nets, Nuggets, Suns, which should be great. Hawks, Sixers again. Clippers, Jazz, which will be a good one. And then Nuggets, Suns, and then we're recording on a Thursday. So those are just games to keep an eye on and kind of watch, and we'll review them on next show. But um, I mean, it was great to have. Chris Jones here. Yeah, thank really you, Chris, good. for coming. Yeah. Really thank good. you for having me. It's been lovely. Really good with basketball. Really good with MMA. We'll have him back for more MMA stuff because I'm not going to lie to you. He uh, he can do a lot more MMA stuff than I can. And it's going to be a shit show if you rely on me and Anthony to have a conversation about that. So uh, thank you, Chris, for coming. No problem. I had a great time. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you Friday for Fantasy Friday. And with that note, I'm Vinny. And I'm Anthony. And this is... Chris Jones. And quick quick shout-out, Nick Aquino, for his birthday tomorrow. Enjoy yourself, man. Also, shout-out to John Saatchi. Sorry, I was paid to do that. You were paid to do that? Yes, I was paid to do that. (laughs) I hope it was good money. Where the fuck was our (laughs) paycheck? Sorry. Where the fuck did we get ice cream? I don't know. (laughs) You don't get it.